Hello, true believers, and welcome to another issue of Four Color Commentary, the continuing saga of four comic nerds and the books they love. I like my coffee black. I'm Alan. You liar. You stole my coffee preference. I like my coffee white. I'm chewy. <laughs> I like my coffee with a damn fine slice of cherry pie. I'm Ian. Uh, I'm also making a Twin Peaks reference. I'm Ryan. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Four Color I'm not going to let this go, Alan. <laughs> I don't. Black as midnight on a moonless night. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't re- remember the exact words, so I went with what I knew. I have a tattooed on, on my face. No, you don't. No. <laughs> In invisible ink that can yeah. only be seen never. At midnight on a moonless night. <laughs> oh, I see. While well, drinking a, a cup of hot black coffee. Yeah, only served from the fictional Double R Diner. Chewy is winding up a punch. You can go to the real one, too. Uh, that's not a real place. It's called Tweed's Cafe. I've been there. Um, Maybe there is a Double R, but it's just like different and like crappier. It's... Uh, in the upside down? No, that's the wrong reference. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Four Color Commentary. Believe it or not, we are a comic book podcast. Uh, we are very high energy tonight. And by tonight, I mean Woo! this afternoon when we're filming yeah! it. Filming, filming it. it. We're filming, filming it live. Yep, we're filming We're filming cue, this podcast. Cue the fi- laugh track. And I know some of the others are like, you're filming. No, I've messed up. Don't listen to me. We're filming it with, we're, we're, we're mouth filming it. Uh, that's what we call recording now. Mouth filming? Yeah, it's when you film <laughs> what comes out of your mouth with a microphone. It's yes. like, oh, you gosh. capture it. It's not a versatile. Oh, gosh. Argument. All right, so back to the mouth filming, you guys. Um, so uh, before we get started, uh, we want to welcome all of you returning listeners. Hello, and welcome all you new four-color cadets. Welcome. Uh, so if you are new to our show, uh, that's great. Welcome. Uh, we will. There's a couple different ways you can reach out to our show. If you like what you hear, you can go to our website, stuffandthingsnetwork.com. Go there, click on the four-color commentary show art. It's one of the four options on the front page. Chewie's now filming the podcast so I can not be liars. Filming <laughs> it! Woo! Um, so uh, you can go there and you can uh, click on that page and listen to all of our old previous episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, reach out to us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram. We promise we didn't leak your information. Uh, I did not. Yet. <laughs> the four-color commentary page did not subscribe to My Digital Life or whatever it was called. Um, That's good. So... It wasn't us. Uh, you can also email us, too. There's a big contact us button on the front page of the website. You can uh, fill out that form and shoot us an email. So all of that at stuffandthingsnetwork.com. So like good old smiling Stanley of Marvel Comics would say, every comic could be somebody's first comic. And we follow that exact mantra here on our show. We like to introduce you to who we are and what we do, what we bring to the table, and why we're worth your time. And I imagine not many of you make it very far into that. Because Alan is the first person to do Yeah. Yeah, I did that. There was, it, there was a long game there, but we got that. I was, I was waiting for it to come. But uh, <laughs> so, Alan, eh. tell us, eh. who are you eh. and what gives you the right to be what you are? I, I, I got more specific with it. I don't know. Maybe I'll ask a different version of it every week from now on. No, it's fine. Wiggly-doo. Go All on, All right. <laughs> my name is Alan. I like lots of different things, but webcomics and manga are my niche, and I try to bring those to the podcast every so often. Um, if you want to follow me on the internet, it's at Marginally Talented, M-R-G-N-L-Y Talented. You can follow me on Instagrams where I draw things, and I've been drawing more things recently, or trying to. Um and because of the whole art background, I like panel layout and uh, art design. And so if your book has pretty colors or at least something artistic that I agree with, then I'll probably read your book. Hi. Hello. 
It is I. Yeah. Truly. Truly. Um, I'm Chewy. Uh, you can reach out to me on the internet, specifically Twitter, at Chupacabra, C-H-E-W-P-A-C-A-B-R-A. Reasons to do such. You want to talk about some comic books. You want to talk about some metal. Or you want to talk about some comic books that are metal. What kind of comic books are metal, you might ask? Well, how about comic books with, like, mummy punching and, like, throat gashing or you know maybe a little bit of mouth filming but basically any type of comic <laughs> book where you you're flipping through it and you're like man this is metal that's gotta be a chewy book it's gotta be it's a it's just is, is, it, is, it, is it like the newberry award like they yeah. stamp it on the front <laughs> it's gotta be chewy it's like you with a yeah. dumb face um <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Ian. You can reach out to me on the internet at, uh, at irich. That's at I-R-I-T-C-H on most internet platforms. Why might you want to do that? Well, do you I like... Do you like... Yeah, that's that's the question <laughs> that every woman answers with that question. That answer exactly. Uh, why might you want to do that? Uh, well, uh, best way to do... Best, best reason to do that is if you guys want to talk about superheroes. I am a big... Uh, believer, big, big. I was gonna say lover, but that sounds creepy. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the big two, Marvel and DC, as far as uh, comic books go. They they raised me. Them and Sonic the Hedgehog raised me from a wee boy now to a grown man. But uh, I really tend to be a uh, a big purveyor of any book that has a good story. So uh, if the art isn't so hot, but the story really grabs me, uh, I'm more than likely to give it a cool thumbs up, and vice versa, as we'll learn tonight. One of you did bad. I did a bad. Wait, <laughs> you're more than likely to give it a thumbs up and vice versa. Meaning, if the art is is pretty good, but the story's bad, I'll do the opposite. I mean, oh, I see where we're going with yes. that. All right, all right. Thank uh, you, well, Ryan, for clarifying. Uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Ryan. Ryan. Uh, time. Jeez. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Ryan Roop. Uh, follow me on Twitter if you want to get music recommendations. Follow me on Instagram if you want to see pictures of my children. Uh, it's weird. <laughs> don't, don't follow me on Instagram. Don't say it like that again. All right. Don't follow me on Instagram. I thought I was going to be weird for saying I, I'm a lover of superheroes. <laughs> we know you are. Uh, well, yes. neat. Um, I'm so strong. I forgot all the stuff. Uh, I like comics as art, comics as literature. Hey! I like science fiction books and fantasy books and, and weird psychedelic comics and uh, not as crazy about the capes, the superheroes. Not, no capes. Not all my favorites. Uh, but I get along with them sometimes. So um, that's it. Your movie watching history for the last year. <laughs> would, would, yeah, tell, no. Tell True. Different. True story. Uh, Superhero movies, though. I think you like the idea of superheroes more uh, so than the current books that are out there for them. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, that is the four of us. And there are also four sections of our show, which we will go through as quickly as humanly possible. That's not true. We're going we're gonna to take our time. We are. Mosey on through. And uh, we, we, we get out of Take our car, we park it in the in the public parking lot, and we see the sign that says four-color commentary. We start moseying into the trail, and what do we come across thought first? thought we were going to do something else in a parking nope. lot, but continue. Nope. <laughs> Some mouth filming. <laughs> <laughs> no, a parking lot is a terrible place for that. There's That's so right. many There's other no sounds. Lights. So many other things that it. can contaminate the mouth film. Crows? There'd be crows just so squawking. Crows. I don't even know what we're talking about. If we're in we're Texas, they're grackles. Grackles? I learned that. Yeah, grackle, Why did you learn a about grackle Texas? is a bird, huh? Just any bird? No, like a no, specific like, type of crow. But it's it, like a, it's, so a it's a type of crow. It's not all crows. No, correct. It is like a subspecies. Yeah, it's okay. like a square like rectangle relationship. Okay. All grackles are crows, but not all crows are grackles. Okay. All right. Yeah. Why is a raven like a writing desk? 
because it's because we're not at that book yet. Okay, sorry. I have things to say. It's writing. <laughs> anyway, <It was> your <laughs> no, it wasn't it yours? Oh, right, it was mine. <laughs> Fifteen crackles. <laughs> so anyway, the first so thing hard we, to catch. The first thing we come on. across is here's but my. They're issue. delicious. <laughs> well, well, now I get. Now what? We're getting back in the car. Back to Winnipeg. <laughs> Sorry, it's Ryan's talking about attempting to catch a grackle from experience. I grew up in Texas. You were bird wrangling? No, I I, I failed at it. That's what that's the point. He was attempted bird wrangling. Ah, and that's how you ended up. I here. could catch okay. bugs pretty good, and we'd fill a milk jug with bugs. Oh, you were bug catcher. Do, do you know what that means? Pokemon. That that means that Ryan's been involved with a murder. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, it was just one. It was yeah, just one. You. It wasn't a good. I'm thing. sorry. I had to explore. <laughs> I had to go down that rabbit hole. It's no, fine. You didn't. All it's right. Fine. Let's talk about the comic. Tie books. it back in. Uh, man, that's a wild, crazy story. That's just kind of like <laughs> seemingly going anywhere. Here we go. Let's talk about some of the comic books. That we <laughs> well, that was were, were all over the place. I thought you were going to go on a different curve there, but okay. So the first section of our show is called uh, "Here's My so Issue." So what is a grackle like specifically? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do the, the ever-present four-color commentary hand gesture of... <laughs> Honestly, that joke is way funnier if you can't see it. Yeah. The timing is just great. Continue. Imagine the hand motion for speed up, and that is it. Um, so uh, I'm going to get a box. I'm just going to get a box like the uh, like an Oscar music playoff box and hit a button, and then it's just going to play it. Actually, and I probably we, could have had Yeah, a, but we should be able to hit it for you, too. That's you can't true. Just leave it right we next all to have that's phones. That's true. <laughs> Our it's phones a box. can do it. So anyway, if you think about it, a box is just it is just a, a button. Here's yeah. my issue is the name of the section of the show. Yes. Our show is made up of Ryan, many boxes. Ryan. It's a series of tubes. We, we we can stop. They tuned out so long ago. Like nobody <laughs> nobody made it this far. Well, let's just wrap it up. It's a good episode, you guys. There we right. go. All right. Back on the track. Back on the train. Back on choo choo. Okay, here we go. All right. All right. So the first section of our show is called Here's My Issue. Each of us bring an individual <laughs> comic book issue. We all trade them around, read them, talk about things we like, things we didn't like. It's kind of a comic book book club, if you will. Book, book. Uh, and so, uh, <laughs> Chewy, I believe you were the, the short yes. straw tonight. You drew the short straw. I did. What have you wrought upon us? Oh, man. I mean, I drew the short straw, but was it really short? Um, <laughs> like one of these times I need to lie to everybody and be like before the show I really loved your book you're like really thank you I was worried yeah. everybody was going to hate it and then I got in here and be like it was awful it was like, horrible what <laughs> <laughs> just ambush uh, the book so basically I, what I do the book I brought <laughs> is uh, called Deathbed it is issue number one it is out on Vertigo uh, written by Joshua Williamson uh, art by Riley Rosmo and uh, Ivan uh, Placencia um yeah, and it's it's a Vertigo book. It's a newer book. I think issue one issue one's the only one that's out right now. Issue two may have just come out. Um, man, there's a lot of stuff that happens in this book. It's kind of weird. Um, it, it's we we follow a young aspiring writer who seems to suffer from a lot of writer's block when it comes to her own creativity. And um, she's always really good at telling other people's stories. Uh, and she is summoned to a mysterious home to ghostwrite yet someone else, yet, yet another person's biography. And, and maybe she was ill prepared for what would come next. That is the synopsis of it. That's accurate. Yes. Uh, okay. So, this book takes you places. 
Yeah. And it's this book's not for kids. No, no, not, no, no. Gosh, not even for adults. Uh, <laughs> this, no, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. This book, this book is definitely, um, how do you call it? What, what have we decided on a term for this? Um, like this is the first issue of a collection that I look forward to reading, but on its own, it, it just sort of gets you ready. It's, Which makes sense for a first issue. It's very much a first issue. It's like a, but like a trade weight type of thing it's, for you. I mean, you could buy it in individual issues, but this one, all it does is it it whets my appetite. Yeah. It's it doesn't seem. Yeah. It, I mean, it, the story it, is they have started. Yeah. But at the same time, there are some parts that are really awesome, yeah. and and it's like um, just just the whole the whole bit where you. You're sold a bill of goods. Here's this down luck writer, and she's got to go. This guy literally had a bird throw a gold brick at her editor, and so that was her advance. And she's gonna, I guess, write his biography. And it's like, okay, that's sounds sort of weird. And nobody's even heard of this guy, whatever. But then as she's interviewing him on his deathbed, and the lightning's flashing on those couple of pages, yeah. and you see the like zombies encroaching. And like at that point, I was still very much like, okay. How much of this is real? Are we doing like a, this is in somebody's mind situation or whatever? Mm-hmm. And the cover sort of makes it feels like maybe there's two worlds in one world or something yeah. like that. And the book doesn't ever actually get to the point where it verifies that we are, in fact, taking place in the real world. Correct. But the whole lead up to that, and then he's like, oh, I've got a secret to tell you. And he and he, then he starts fighting zombies. That was awesome. <laughs> I feel like, like you left out a very important... Okay, the Point. guy was exceptionally naked. <laughs> is that important or is yeah. that just yes, it was important to Ian? Be, no, was, here's why it was important because, because this man up, was pretending to be dead and he does something I've never seen before, yeah. which is throw off the sheets and usually you see somebody just armed to the teeth yeah, covered in like like battle armor. He had armor. a utility belt. He had a utility belt and that's it. And Literally. The, and the words he said and I'm going to do the PG version of this. Is what he says to these monsters is, I hope you brought your dancing shoes, mother fathers, because that <laughs> Mr. is Falcons. Mr. Falcons. Melon farmers. Yeah. yeah, because, oh, my God. And this, and, I mean, look at that. I mean, how can that not be your favorite splash page in the <laughs> whole thing? It is an panel? amazing splash page. Yeah, not, no. not only that, but uh, he's not getting attacked by zombies. He's getting attacked by, by m- Egyptian mummy, yeah. mummy assassins. Mummy assassins. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He's he's there surrounded I mean, mummy, by mummy assassins. think about it, are a type of zombie. They're the undead. Yeah, he, and the other, they're the dead he's undead. there surrounded by mummy assassins. He's he's got weapons. Some of them have cat ears. Weapons galore. He's ready and he's wearing and that's it. He's wearing nothing but a smile. And it's it's not even like <laughs> it's not even like cheeky Austin Powers nudity. This is just straight up <laughs> Michelangelo <laughs> like just straight triple decided S. to draw this guy naked. Just that's, that's up, what happened. Just straight up hanging dong. Yeah. <laughs> that's all it is. Sorry, I mean, kids. Yeah. As he's, as mommy, he's, what's that mean? As he's, uh, as he's fighting, there's some swingage. I apologize to all of Ryan's church friends who are listening right now. It's a part of life when it's, mummy assassins—they don't come listen at with you. their children, do they? God, I hope not. <laughs> to warn them ahead that's, of time. That's that on this them. Episode is coming. That's, I have that's definitely told people it's a family-friendly show. Look, I told me a lie. I told, I told Ryan the book is not a family-friendly book. No. Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, he's he's killing lots of, he's, can you kill something that's dead? You, you eliminate it. Yeah, you kill it. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like I like it. the way that, that Riley Rosmo draws just 
total gut punch and violence. I yeah. love the way that uh, Riley Rosmo draws. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like on a, the end of the sentence. Well, and this is like the more, I mean, this is kind of getting on the art a little bit here, but this is more the, the, the tame version of Riley Rosmo that yeah. we saw with Constantine. Yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah. where it's like, but even then more so than that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like, well, yeah. Cause it's like Constantine, I think Constantine was technically a vertical book, but it was still like part of the DC universe and, and it right. tied into what else was happening in DC. Whereas this is completely of its own thing. This is a self-contained story. Just, that's one of the things that every time we read a Riley Rosmo drawn book, it's just uh, which Riley Rosmo are we getting this time? Are we yeah. getting like the, the incredible masterful artist? Or are we getting scribbles on a page? Good luck. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, and his ability to incorporate both of them on different levels. That being said, I love the character design in this book. Yeah. Like everything about the characters, even even the mummy assassins yeah. all have their own flavor and flair to them. It's like he thought about each one that was going on to that page. Yeah, it's true. It's so cool. Um, and this was, I, I was sitting here, I was reading some books, <coughs> cough my book, and, uh, and I was going through it. And I'm like, you know, some of these I, I'm getting into and some of them I'm not. And then I came across this one. I think this was like the third or fourth one that I was reading. And then I got to the end of this one. I'm like, can I trade in the other books and just keep reading this? That's what I want. I just want to read more. I told Chewy totally does a good earlier. job of, of setting a story and making you think, man, I can't wait to see what happens. I told yeah. Chewie earlier that, in my opinion, he won book of the episode. <laughs> oh, already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Already I'll agree to that. I, I, what I like story-wise about this is that it, the end of it, it can go anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. we've just gotten a little... I love that about a first issue like this. It's a little taste of, like, hey, there's some mummy assassins. Like, if we're starting with mummy assassins... Where's this yeah. end? Where's yeah, this where go? where's this go? Like, and that's... that's I realize stories or comics that I really love are ones that are... Yes, they whet my appetite, but not only that, but it's like, it could go anywhere. It could be anything. It's kind of why... I think that's... I think I've narrowed that down why I really liked re- the, the book Ready Player One is because there was so much vast options. Like so many things you can incorporate in, mm-hmm. and I think that's what I like about this is there's versatility. so many, yeah, versatility. It's like I don't know where the story's going. It can go a thousand different ways in my. That head. said, if he spends the next six issues fighting mummy assassins, I'm gonna be bummed out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Like, they're like awesome, but yeah. like, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I want to see him fight a gorilla. I, I, I want to see him fight <laughs> all wanna, sorts of stuff. I want to see him fight two bears. But yeah. also at the, know, sa- at like, the same point, out of a plane. if he's if they're doing these as little like arcs, I wouldn't mind like a mummy arc as long as I knew that the next arc was gorillas or dinosaurs or whatever. Yeah, maybe be. maybe the mummies, vampires. Maybe the mummies. All, all these things sit in the same place in my what, mind. Like propel Fishmen. the story to move forward a little bit, and he's got to kind of outrun him a little bit. But then again, he's also like, I don't care. That they're after I mean, my friends and the, like what an to me I I know this sounds stupid but like what an interesting character choice to be like they're going ha we're going after your friends and your family and this and that and you know and then she's like shouldn't we be like running shouldn't you be like trying to save them or something he's like sure they're gonna go after my friends and family and everyone I've ever known but like I don't care I sort of wonder and it's like what and a little part of it is like I think you you and I are on the same wavelength right what do you wonder i'm gonna see if it's the same oh uh, well he talks a lot about story and there's a lot yeah. about story i wonder if this is gonna get metatextual in the way that like um six gun gorilla did. i was thinking yeah. the same thing and i was also gonna say and, that, and of course now that i've said it if it doesn't i'm gonna be bummed what if he has no friends or family it might oh, be he yeah. might have lost them all already or you don't keep and if you're constantly being trying to be murdered yeah. and that is a threat like a superhero you just like spider-man yeah you keep push yourself everybody separate. away you push and everyone you learn, away you learn this never about tell him, but then he nope. befriends his ghost rider and yeah. then she said I'll, I'll regret 
this is something yeah. that later I'd come to regret saying. Yeah. So yeah, but that, yeah, maybe the, this the is hallway the origin portrait. story. That, of yeah, the... what a great, what a great final panel. What a great final line because you're like, I need to know now what happens. Take my money, please. Take my money. I didn't maybe... realize that on the last page, while the mansion's on fire, and he's like, Yeah, I've lost everything. <laughs> yeah, and then you look in the background. <laughs> Are you looking at this? <laughs> Oh, and they're on the other side too. Yeah, yeah on the other side. I didn't even fire. realize that in his the background, butler is, his, his butler, butler is, is on fire. His butler and his maid are on fire. He's, he's running, he's trying to put out the flames. Hey, what if this is the secret origin story of '90s PBS kids television show Ghostwriter? <laughs> what if it is? I feel like we've made I, that I know joke. This probably is going to come off already. the wrong way. I would watch. I'm mean, going to probably come off the wrong way, but I I'm going to say it show. anyway. I like her character design. I like that she's I not do. like a stick thin. Yeah. What I used to joke with Chewy, or I used to call when I was a kid, a boob by four, where it's like, here's a stick, and we put some boobs on it. It's like, no, she That's looks like a real person. Very clever. Like, she looks like a real person. It's not very, very clever, clever at all. It's very dumb. I think it's clever. Thanks. I think it's, I think but it's clever. But I don't, I don't, I just appreciate that they didn't draw it in like typical, hot, comic. Like, she looks like a real person. Yeah, like, I, I love that. does a pretty she good job. She got them hips. Of, of, uh, she would what the kids call thick. I, I, I like that. <laughs> well, no K. Thanks, Alan, I, I like for that she, making, making, like, I thought I looked bad for a I, second. I like that based, based, based on like the Your character design yeah. as well as kind of like the little character beats we get on her so far. It's like you have this whole like this whole like at least I had this whole like oh yeah you're kind of cool but then yeah. at the same time like but you kind of suck. She's a real yeah. person. Yeah, like all, you, you, all real people are kind of cool but kind of like you kind of suck sometimes. But at the same time, like you're like especially when she's monologuing, you know, in yeah. her in her yeah. brain, you're she's like, oh, I got it all figured out it's or whatever. It's almost like she's a human with thoughts, almost. feelings, and faults. But she's not. She's a, a drawing. It's weird. <laughs> she's ghostwriter. She's ghostwriter. The she's not, but here's the thing: is the the thing that sells it is really like her attitude. But that comes down to art and and dynamicism and all the characters. Mm -hmm. All the characters, like, just standing, everybody has, like, sass. You know what I mean? Like, it looks like they're dynamically standing. I don't even know how that's possible. And I mean, like, as much as as easy it is to sort of criticize Riley Rosmo for drawing lots of scribbles, uh, but it's definitely that style, there's nothing static. Mm-mm. It's it's all a lot of yeah. Even like constantly. the guy like at the when you first see him in his deathbed, like the large guy that's just standing off to the side, like he's he's just standing there, just slouched over or whatever. But there's something about him that has like fluidity to it. Um, speaking of kind of the art stuff, I kind of wanted to touch. I mean, we've talked about the art, but what about like the coloring on this mm-hmm. though? Because this is a, a different type of coloring than we typically see with Riley Rosmo's art. Um, and there were times where I personally felt like it was a little bit mismatched. It was a little bit too smooth and glossy for it. Um, but then other times where it felt like it fit really well. No, I think I think the coloring really, really works here. I think it's it's really easy to do sort of heavily stylized colors with Riley Rosmo type art. I love the and there's still too. the zipatone. I think that that's a Rosmo thing. I don't yeah. know. I don't know who assigns the rules, but I'm pretty sure he does that. I'll put it this way: um, like, I haven't seen a Riley Rosma book that looks like this, so it's nice. It's uh, it's kind of like it's almost like you don't want to become uh, too much of a slave to your look and style 100 percent of the time because then you're Tim Burton, where everything has to have a spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, I really like how much white. Yeah. Like uh, when when the when the background drops out and there's white, it's a really good way to set it off. It'd be really easy to just do everything black because the book yeah. is already sort of inherently really dark. And I like the but like, the white offset really makes a difference. Well, yeah, and even like the character costumes, like her pants are bright purple, so Which, she yeah. stands out in white. And the, hair. She does it's got a limited palette too. Everything's kind of lots of blues, lots of reds. 
um, and a little bit of earth tones with, with the fire, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it looks good. It's a good looking book. I think it that is. the like, I agree with you too that the colors are different than we normally see on a mm-hmm. Riley Rasmo art, but I think that it really works. I think that it's it takes some getting used to, but I think it sort of tells you like, hey, this is a little bit different than what we've done in the past. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more of this book, to be honest. Awesome. So yeah, Chewy, where can people get this? Man, it's it's a new book. Uh, and it's Vertigo, so you could get it um, pretty much anywhere. DC and Vertigo is going to be sold uh, brick and morty. You can go ahead and get it digitally as well. Um, yeah, I'd say hop on it, man. I'm. This is I. There aren't like too many like newish books that I'm like super like stoked on, and this one's got me like really Jones and to kind of keep up with it from the get go. Cool. All right. Well, that is going to be Chewy's book. Uh, Alan, I believe you are next. Sure. Uh, What's the name of that book again? Oh, it's called Deathbed. Not not to be confused with the movie Deathbed, The Bed That Eats People. No, no. This is Deathbed, the comic book. That is not about a bed that, that eats people. It is not about a bed that eats people. And guess well, what? It's written well, by the guy that, that, that wanted to know. steal a ghost. That we know it is. Of. As well that as the guy true. who wanted to bite nails. That is true. It's written by Alan. This He, he got gotcha. you. He got gotcha. you. Finally. Hey, he fine. stole your attention. That doesn't, qu- that doesn't mean we can go back and reread that. Other Alan's, yes, qu- it does. Alan's putting a shield up right now because he knows what's coming. Using uh, <laughs> his uh, ring of power. <laughs> Just kidding. Alan, tell us about the book you brought this time. Um, or the so webcomic, rather. I brought a webcomic. You sure did. Yeah, I did. Um, this one is called Faye Wings, um, and it's from the same uh, writer slash artist that did uh, Shattered Starlight Sucks to Be You, Magical Girl. That was the one where she was like a an ex like Sailor Moon type person, and there was a coffee shop. Yeah, and she was got this first or second? Hmm? Well, did this come out before that? This was actually the first one. So, um, Shattered Starlight was the the second uh, sort of secondary comic that she did. This was is the Shattered first one. Starlight, okay. the one where we said Black Magic Beyonce. No, that was a Sam no, Bosman. That, that was yeah. different. That was different. But no, that was the one where it's kind of like the Sailor Moon, tower. but like punk rock Sailor Moon, if I remember right. Yeah, exactly. Shop. I remember there being yeah. a coffee it's like shop. what happens when uh, when Sailor Moon grows up, but yeah. uh, she's super jaded and yeah. Doesn't want to be a magical oh, girl anymore. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. It was fun. All right, uh, it's still on. I'm still catch, I'm still reading that one. It's really good. Nice. Uh, this one is more of a fantasy esque adventurer. I guess I feel like every book I've brought in the last month and a half. You've has brought just a been, lot of D and D style books. Now. Yeah, I feel like it's that's a almost problem. like you're into D and D. Yeah, but that's, too much. Okay. Too much. Nerd. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start working on this. But this is a webcomic that I've been one. wanting to check out because I really love um, Shattered Starlight. Uh, and so this one's been going on for a lot longer, obviously. Um, it's about apparently a fox that got turned into a girl who met up with an elf with a magical gem who, uh, is getting followed by a guy with a curse that needs to follow a girl that's not a girl. Um, it's just like a, it's like a basic like D&D-esque adventuring group yeah, of three it's, people. It's, it's a, it's a raiding party. It's a, what do you call it? It's a Dungeons and Dragons party. Yeah. It's a Dungeons and Dragons party. Um, so that being said. Uh, Who's bringing you guys the think? popcorn? Oof. Ian I first. thought it was fun. <laughs> Ian, Ian first. <clears throat> All right. Let him, <clears throat> let him go. The fact that you said that this was a somebody's first book mm. or first attempt at storytelling, that makes it a lot <laughs> that makes it a lot clearer because I feel the problem with this mainly is two things. Number one, it's playing to a very niche audience, which is fine. It's a webcomic. It's it's designed to be. Um, there's a lot of manga and anime references and video game references. I, I gotta be honest, but I don't feel like any of them come off as funny or clever. I feel like they're just kind of thrown in there. 
like the the great fairy fountain thing or the the little tuxedo mask showing up like i I get what they're trying to do like i get they're like hey we want to have some pop culture references we want to put in references to manga and things that we really like as an audience or as like the audience that we are trying to get for this book likes Mm -hmm. but i I just i I felt like it was forced it didn't feel like it was natural I, sorry, I got to piggyback here just because that's that's it, problem one. <laughs> yep, that's fine. I think the for me the problem with that is um, they're they're trying to set a world. Yeah, here they're trying to build a world, a build a universe, and when you have um, you know a character from another pop culture thing peek in and be like, hey, whatever. While, like the Zelda while, one while makes kind of sense. While it can be kind of but. like a funny gag or whatever. Um, in general, I think it, it does kind of take you out of that fantasy. It does. Yeah. Um, uh, let me preface this by saying page one was February 22nd of 2009. Okay. okay. So, no, you know, what? I'll be honest with you. The best thing about this book <coughs> is the opening. The opening of this book yeah. is incredible. I, I was agree. like, I was, I was sold. So I'm like, read, all right, tell me more. We read the prologue and chapter one. Yeah. Just for those of it's, you following along it, at home. It's when we start learning about the characters and it kind of becomes a, hey, let's rattle off a list of traits at you and like the it's the pacing it's it, the, yeah. like, i feel it's like, a little fast i feel it's it's i feel it's, like it's it's like it's like me feverishly describing all the things i like about a story but leaving out all the important beats like this for me is like how i how i worry this is this is the thing this is how i write in my head like i i think of all these cool ideas that are all neat but i don't like string them together really well um so like it's a problem that I have too, and that's why I notice it because I'm like that's how I think stories in my head. Yeah, but I don't put them down on paper, and I should. And so if anything, this is telling me, okay, look, put your stuff out there on paper. I mean, we always have to every time we read a web comic, especially yeah. when it's been going on for a while. It's always so hard because it's like I can't bring the last arc of the web right. comic. It yeah, will make literally any nine sense. years right. later. Well, and yeah. also too, yeah. it's a web comic. They're gonna get better as they go along. They're putting this out on their own. There's not a committee telling them no, this isn't good enough. Right. It's not like they have an editor, and also like right. the amount of growth that this person, uh, yeah. Nicole, yeah. has done in the last. 10 years I'll tell or whatever. You, I remember the other book, the other story you're talking about. I love that. Yeah. I feel like Shattered that Starlight was great. Is great. And Kay. I, and not that this can't doesn't have the potential to be great. It's just that it starts off very rushed and there's a lot of information thrown at you and there's jokes thrown in. So you're like, it's very, to dis- me, it was very disorienting. And I was like, I don't know what I'm looking at anymore. Um, and maybe that gets fixed. Maybe they go back and change some stuff. I don't know. It was it was a it was a rough read for me to be honest. As far as story wise goes, it was, it was a little rough for me. But again, who am I to say I haven't put anything out there? So I'm gonna take that with a grain of salt if you're listening. And I'm sure, like you said, have you read a lot more of this than what we've read? Uh, not a lot more, but okay. some. And it, it basically, it's just I've read so many web comics that are the same thing. It's yeah. just yeah. the person's first foray into web comics. And it's going to be a little disjointed and a little wonky while, you know, you sort of figure out what works and what doesn't, what mm-hmm. uh, uh, an update looks like. Yeah. Not to mention years upon years of um, yeah. uh, experience art, and like, experience art getting and, better. Yeah. yeah. And story writing experience getting. Yeah. I mean, like, look, like I, for like a first first go around, this is not I have this is not the worst thing that I've seen. in no, the world, And there is yeah. potential here. So let's um, talk about the things we did like about it. Then. So that's all I have to say negatively. Positively. Yep. I, I I do I'm like you I, I like fantasy stories mm-hmm. I, I've been getting really into that I like the idea of I like some of the ideas that are presented here it's just that I don't get them fully like I like the idea like Chewie and I were talking earlier about um, that she gets possessed by like that one girl who gets possessed by like a spirit like yeah. that's great yeah. let's follow that but we don't really get it fully like there's a lot of really good little ideas here like really clever creative stuff 
Well, I mean, it's it's the beginning, so it's it's just fleshing, just starting to flesh those out, right? Yeah, Alan, is this a is this a page a day or a page a couple of? Yeah, that's a like, uh, question I was going to ask. I think it it's feels, uh, I think it's once a week. It feels like at least the early pages feel like a like a. And it's funny because web comics, it's it's really easy, especially web comics like this that are formatted like an actual comic page. It's really easy to look at them the same as a comic book, and then to levy criticisms that you expect from comic books from these pages. Um, but it's it's different. You're not getting twenty or thirty pages at once. You're getting a page a day. And so if you look at like once you get into the meat and story, every page ends with the punchline because that's the only page you're getting that week. Yeah, and there needs to be something. Uh, and so web comics that. are different, but also, also uh, one of the things that you can do a web comics that you can't do as easily in comic books is say, um, is you know, dump some bit about a character, and then twenty, thirty, fifty, a hundred, five hundred pages later, say, hey, remember this link, right? And, and you can and and dip you true. back in and say, hey, this is you know, this is this we haven't brought it that's up in a while, point. but this is a reminder. It's it, it's it's interesting because I I've you know, reading about comics and stuff. And there is this, this article that I saw online about the like a hundred most important single pages of comics. Uh, But one of the interesting things is that like the medium is different. Like the medium of manga is different because you've got a 200, you know, a hundred, 250 pages that you're going to tell a single story. And so you can do three or four panels a page for 50 pages to get through a fight scene. But if you did that in a Batman book and you took three issues to get through a single fight scene with the Joker, nobody would be okay with that. Uh, right. And so this is a webcomic with a page a day, and, and it, it it does work differently. And, yeah, it feels weird reading 45 <laughs> pages at once because you're like, oh, okay, joke, joke, joke. It's, it's, and and the know. jokes don't always land. Not all of them are great. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not disagreeing with you there, but... But it's 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 funny because it's just I don't know it feels different. But it also feels to me like you're trying to do a manga format in a page a day comic, and that kind of doesn't work. Like here's this whole world that we're not going to tell you about, but here's a page a day. Have fun. It's like I don't feel there's anything to grab me there. Like for me, That's I don't fair. know. That's fair. Like it's it, it. Look, look again. We're I'm nitpicking here. Okay. This is not the, um, this is not a terrible terrible. I was kidding no, but earlier. no, no. I I think this is a valid conversation because this is why. I started bringing web comics, but why it's also super hard to bring web comics to yeah. the show. Um, and so I try to pick ones that it look like they have an overarching um, uh, story of some kind, because if I just bring 25 uh, uh, versions of, of Penny Arcade, yeah, yeah. funny, then funny I guess we're just going to go like, I mean, oh, remember this one? I, I, oh, remember I this ju- one? I just, I, I guess, I, I guess that's a valid point. And Xbox maybe, controllers. And maybe like if I was writing a web comic and I was releasing a page a day, I wouldn't worry so much about having to land on a joke because yeah. I would I would probably plan out my still like hey I'm going to do this a page sure. a day I'm going to release or a page a week or whatever it is and I'm going to have my pages planned out ahead of time I need to know how this thing works. But 2009 in but web yeah, comics 2009 time was a different time. is a different time. So I mean, a lot of web comics were still basically trying to be newspaper comics. Yeah, and very clearly these you are know? like look the big, very, the big boys were like Diesel Sweeties and like PVP like yeah. single day joke. I can tell you, I still Gag a day book, like you know? things yeah. that I still catch up on, like Paranatural and Gunner Craig Court are doing overarching in like Gunner Craig Court right now is in the middle of like a very intense storyline. Yeah. And so the page that you get for the next couple of days, because I think he actually updates um, two or three times a week mm-hmm. um, is uh, yeah, that, with that pace. Yeah. With his That's with nuts. his art. It, I don't mm-hmm. know how he, does. he must have a huge backlog is what it is. Yeah. Um, but with his storyline that he's doing, because something very intense is currently happening. You're sort of just getting like 
this and like something will get destroyed or this and then something will happen and it doesn't it doesn't end on a beat per se mm -hmm. but you do look at that page and go oh shoot what's gonna happen oh yeah. shoot what's gonna happen and it's yeah, sort it's, of like it's, it's like that that page turn mm -hmm. like surprise you have to do it almost every time or right like yeah that. And, and otherwise it, people would be like well today's update kind and of maybe sucks. that's what it is maybe i'd prefer like a, a, a oh my gosh page turn every time rather than like a joke every time sure maybe that's just and then maybe that's just a preference well and, and this is like this book is lighthearted to the point of silliness yeah yeah and, I, and it I is think, very lighthearted and it, even even different than like even like scales and scoundrels which we read recently yeah like that was pretty lighthearted but it still got serious yeah and this one this one doesn't get serious i, I think the issue is that it started off very serious it started off with this, like really heavy oh yeah the, the prologue, prologue and then, and then, then it's all silliness and i'm just kind of like oh well, i'm not yeah, maybe that's yeah, also a too maybe it's a disjointed tone change because the opening i was like this is what the story's about is trying to find like the remnants of this entity i'm like that sounds great like i want to read that yeah um yeah i don't know maybe, maybe i mean maybe just not not my cup of tea i mean i love i love their later work i, I really love that a yeah, lot yeah. so i don't know maybe just not not for me for me it was um like the, the I, I loved the setup of oh god what was her name uh it's at the very back. The fox? No, yeah. no, no, no. The nickname Kit. Lorena. <laughs> Lorena. Yeah. So Lorena, her little like backstory thing of how she came to be and like the her her quirk or her you know like unique case or whatever. Yeah. I was like, that's super intriguing, super interesting, cool. And then we get to the dude, and we're like, all right, like okay, he's got like a curse, so he's kind of following these people because like of his curse. And he was cursed by a witch. And then we get to the Fox girl and we're like, okay. And she, she was turned into a person kind of by a witch also. And, um, yeah. Mm, I wonder if it was the same witch. I, I mean, I wonder it if we're going to encounter those witch in the future. But in any case, I, you know, I was like, well, okay. Okay. Like, uh, it just seemed like a little bit like, oh, okay. I feel like we could have gone a different route with, a slightly different origin rather mm. than just a witch did it. Um, and, and yeah, when, when the, when Lorena gets possessed, um, by the other ghost, you know, it just kind of seemed like, all right. And then she kind of goes away for a while and, and then we're following, uh, Foxy lady there. Um, that's, that's gotta be her Ooh, nickname. Yeah. Foxy lady. No, I think her name um, is Kit. Kit. Which is what you call a baby fox, and then she has a uh, she has magic powers, or does she? Uh, yeah, she no, had yeah, magic she has powers, the ability to cast magic of some kind, right? But then I'm like, so was the fox magical to begin with, or Dun did the Dungeons and Dragons world did did the witch give her powers on accident? Yeah. Like I don't know, well, or um, did it? So it was just or a witch. it was just one of those things where it did kind of jump around, and and t what was most interesting to me, and I think had the most intrigue overall, it been. It would have been interesting to be like, what? why was that ghost so into that, like, prince? I wonder if it had any sinister, like, undertones of, like, trying to rule over people. I don't I don't know. And then we, we just didn't see that. Instead, it was, like, this, like, flirtatious meeting with a dragon guy. And Alan, that, and I thought happened. it was funny. And I like funny stuff. No, I, I, I definitely agree. Like, it was, I agree a little bit with Ian, like, Putting in very blatant so, uh, referential humor is takes you out of the story, but at the same time, in two thousand nine in web comics, that was totally not sure. unheard of. Sure, yeah. I then, mean it's also. I mean, here's the thing. 
I'm also not a under. I also don't know like the history. It's like me being like, oh, that black and white movie's dumb. Why is it <laughs> in color? It's like I don't know all the history of what color didn't exist. Right. So to be fair, I might be. Everything was I might be talking out of my butt. Like I don't know everything. This is just yeah. my first impression, but I'm willing to learn and be like, hey, right. Tell me why. I personally liked a lot of the characters. I liked a lot of their backstories. Their interactions seemed pretty organic. Yeah. I mean, the the character building themselves was like really mm-hmm. solid in my opinion. Um, I do think some of the story beats were a little fast, but as we talked about pacing in a web comic is difficult to pull mm-hmm. off altogether. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah. And, and so I don't know, uh, I personally really enjoyed it. Um, but it does look like updating recently has gotten a little slow, probably due to other projects that she's working on. So uh, that once a week thing is sort of up in the air. Um, but from the the perusing I was doing towards the end of the catalog, like the more recent comics, the art has gotten a ton better, um, and the dialogue definitely looks a little more fleshed out. So I don't know. Um, take this one and as as you will. I definitely think that I brought it because I wanted to read it. Um, it's not something that I read on the reg. So I I definitely um, I agree with you guys in a lot of aspects. Uh, you can find it at feywins.com. Yeah, don't take our word for it. Go read it for yourself. F-E-Y-W-I-N-D-S. Yeah, don't listen to us. We're, we're just a bunch of dummies. Or do listen to us. But if, you, but if you, anybody ever want to talk about the early days of webcomics, I'm all over it. Let's it just it. it just like takes me back to like wasting time at work. Yep. <laughs> I would go home and, uh, oh gosh... Uh, when I was when I was reading this, my first web comic called. Mean, but I'm not gonna be me. When my first web comic, uh, as that opposed I ever to read, now, when I waste time at work differently. <laughs> yeah, it uh, takes you back, huh? Was called real life comics, and all it was was he was drawing um, him and his friends essentially in like wacky situations, you know, because everything was slice of life four panel wacky situations at the time, uh, and it was even super simple enough to the point where he would just copy and paste a lot of the poses oh, and yeah, then put yeah. in more words. Um, but uh, I remember when I was in like, I think it was a freshman or, or sophomore, and I would go home and the, it was the family computer was the only one we had. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be sitting there uh, eating a corn dog or something, just going through the last four years of backlog that he had uh, yeah. uh, reading web comics. Like, oh my gosh, I read so much. Mm. But anyway, continue. All right. Well, I probably shouldn't have said all that stuff because now it's my turn and Alan's going to rip me we apart. Judge, we judge the books <laughs> on their own, not by who brought them. Except yeah. for me, I judge it based on Ian. Yep. Uh, so uh, I brought uh, a book. It's the licensed comic portion of my comic book. Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. What's the word? Rotation. Comic Rotation. Book, book Club. That's the one. Uh, yes. Uh, so I brought a licensed book, uh, one of the Disney Kingdoms books, which I'm, I'm fairly fond of. Um, I brought one that has been fascinating me recently because I'm a theme park nerd and I'm going to Disney World this year. So Woo, in about Disney a month, World. I'll be at Disney World for the first time. So this is Disney based World. off technically a Disney World attraction that still exists, but nowhere near in the form that it exists uh, in this comic. Uh, so uh, I, I brought a book called Figment, uh, which is based off the characters of the Dreamfinder and Figment from a ride called Journey into Imagination, which was a Epcot, uh, one of the well, not opening day, but it was supposed to be an opening I day. I wrote it when I was four. You lucky, lucky jerk. I remembered almost nothing. Yeah, it's if you watch a ride through of it, it's very inspirational, very kind of sweet and magical. Classic Disney dark ride attraction. Tony Baxter, you are God among men. Uh, now Alan knows a lot, knows how much I love Tony Baxter. Thanks I know pod- about Tony Baxter now. Thanks, podcast the ride. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is about uh, kind of his origins of how he became the Dream Finder, who Figment is. Kind of a uh, <clears throat> a bit of a, a expo- exploration on his backstory, if you will, sort of or a, a, a reimagining sort of. Uh, he's uh, how a, 
about a creation? Did he have a backstory before? I guess not really. His he was he was a, he was an old man yeah. who was like Santa. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of a neat steampunky, uh, magicy type of book. Uh, I told Alan I want to make a D and D character like the Dreamfinder, so we'll see how that goes. But anyway, I'm curious uh, for for those of you who aren't like Disney giant Disney like fans like me, uh, what did you guys think? I could see this as a D and D character. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, steampunk fun. wizard? Yeah, steampunk wizard. I like the part where he became Owlman. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. Yeah, that, yeah. How cool is that helmet, though, right? It's not cool. at all. Oh, no. I it's it great. Cool. It's great. It's, it's not so cool. steampunky and cool. It's I like an it. old motorcycle helmet. Yes. I love it. But with, like, Owl. I have, like... And a bunch of extra stuff just bolted onto it. I have an yeah, affinity, I have, I have affinity for steampunk, but, like, for me, it's, like, just the right, just enough steampunk. One day, a touch of steampunk. This was enough for me. One day, I'm going to get you one of those big stovepipe hats with the goggles like on it no and like something that, that i don't less too much too much but if you get me this but one day he, he got me that oh much. man that 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 drawing of him in the top corner on that one page where he's like going through all his like and i, just, I like, dare you to that. cosplay that as this as a dream finder yes. i will absolutely cosplay yes, as dream finder I dare you to i have to it. have a little puppet have you seen the the yes, walk around character uh-huh. the puppet figment yes i remember when i was a child i was terrified of that <laughs> <laughs> get ready because it's coming to work on halloween <laughs> Figment is the best part just because I love his like I don't like his design I guess but the way that he gets drawn in this book mostly just because he looks like a little dinosaur dragon and I love little dinosaur dragons I I had a yeah he's basically uh what's what's uh well that reference flew out the window nice Kitty Pride's dinosaur dragon uh no okay now because you said it now I I forgot the name too appreciate it Lockheed. Lockheed boom thank you yeah except funnier Lockheed doesn't speak English no although Lockheed I don't know he. Figment's a little weird because he talks like a little kid. Yeah. Like so, he's really excited. Yeah. So is that because he's supposed to be like, I oh, just now existed. And so or it's he's, the he's ru- powered by the, the pa- past. By, the, by the magic he's of imagination. powered by the magic of imagination. That's where he, in the ride, that's where he, like Dreamfinder makes him out of nothing in the ride. And he's like, oh, I'm perfect. Like, not quite. I'm going to give you like the joy of a child. Or like, uh, the, and he's like, oh. So Dreamfinder is God. Yeah. Dream, okay. well. Just the Chewy, the point is, we all have imagination, so in a sense, we are all gods. <laughs> we are all gods. Well, we just don't have a machine weird. that can well, turn our imagination into reality. A weird place, guys. Ian <laughs> going full sacrilege here, declaring himself a god. No, I'm just Ian, saying. There is just, no Chew. Why, where did those sandals come from? <laughs> Ian, why are you drawing that on the floor with chalk? Yeah. <laughs> um, Where'd that go? From? By the way, the from? song in the ride is written... <laughs> The song in the ride is written by the, the Sherman, sh- brothers? By Sherman of brothers. Is, of course yeah. it is. One little spark. Oh man, it's so great. I have um. Well, uh, we're not talking about the ride. Right I now. know. Problem with this book. All right. What's your what's problem? your problem? With My the book? problem with the book. You're wrong. Let's move is, on. Just oh. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Tell I me mean, you are a god. Tell apparently. me what it, I am. I'm imagining um, your problem away. Now oh, it's gone. That's life. Um, <laughs> oh no, you're imagining it back. So. He 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 brings back Figment, or he creates Figment. You know, mm-hmm. Figment's like I'm from back in the day. So I, we don't know yet. We'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, he like instantly is like understandably concerned and surprised with the apparition of this purple dragon in his life, and he's like, "What are you? What?" And then he explains, and then he instantly stops caring about this yep. flying purple dragon but you know like he's he's not at all like so t- not even like while he's working so tell me more about blah, blah, blah. he's he's just like 
oh, okay, well, I'm going to not worry about you for a week. So much so that later, it's not just like I'm completely ignoring you. It's like, Figment, come on, we've got to do this. Like, they're pals, but we don't see any of that, like... like well, that's fair. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like over the... We don't see where they meld together over that week. In that single-page montage of the week, they... they they're working together. They're buddies. At first, right, they're, no, he's I, drafting, and they're working. You know, he's helping him, and he, they're. But it also like kind of seems pal. like he's just like in the back uh, background. Well, he there. carries them in his shirt. He helps he's hiding him, them. He helps him put light bulbs in the thing for the light bulbs. And for all we know, he could have been like getting in the way, though. Yeah, but he tells Figment to pull the switch. I, 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 right, I right. disagree. No, I, 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 I understand where it gets to. I understand that they're buddies, but I'm yeah. just saying like that there was a huge opportunity missed there with honestly, they had this is twenty one pages. Yeah. They could have added like two more pages where we get a little bit of like uh, them becoming Marvel, buddies. Marvel page limits. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> But I'm just saying like they could have had I, I a little you. bit of them becoming buddies because sure. right they now they could have had like, them talking during the like montage. Most of, like most of these, yeah. like yeah. most of these Disney books, though, they also rely on a little bit of like back knowledge and love for the ride. They, yeah, they sort of assume that you at least kind you of know that know, based on the ride, the ride that Figment and Dreamfinder are pals. So like that, at first we was like, "What is this, Matt? What is this?" Like he, he's very staunch. He's very much the opposite of the Dreamfinder and the ride. He's very jolly and like Santa Claus essentially. Yeah, I mean, like, you never find out why Yoda's so mischievous. You just know he is. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, Speaking of prequels. No, that, but that's a valid point, though. I would have liked to see more of them, like, maybe some hijinks or some mischief or some something like that. That's understandable. I mean, there kind of is at the end there when he accidentally When he gets sucked hole. into the magic dimension of imagination. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but, yeah. Well, what did you guys think of the art? I really enjoyed the art in this book a lot. Yeah, yeah I thought, actually, I loved it. I thought the start was really good. I think it really um, handles the steampunk sort of element of things really well, just making it like totally way too ornate. Um, and and I, it's it's kind of it's got that inky sketchy look, but it's stays pretty on model. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely kind of like a manga influenced art. I like mm-hmm. colors, good color washes, lots of blues and purples. We need it. Lots of brown. There's the some brown, well, yeah, which, which you gotta have when it's steampunk. You gotta have brown. Yeah, there are many goggles to be seen. Yes. I really like the the black. Um, I like the ink wash on a lot of the purples and the blacks. Yeah, um, to make sure that like, like especially on the machines to make them to make them look a little like more dirty and a little more like silhouetted. So you just throw a bunch of inks, especially during the um, the memory parts. Uh, Doing memory parts probably the best part. Memory. Oh yeah, like. Yeah. Layout wise, it's mm-hmm. amazing, but memories are always so hard to do in comics because generally, I don't know, it's it, there's a trillion ways to do them and almost all of them work, but it's sort of like which one works for your comic. They almost all use blue. Yeah, blue or black, really. Yeah. Um, in manga, it's the same thing because you're only dealing with black and white and gray. So you just make the, instead of gutters, you just put it on a black page and then all yeah. of a sudden that's a flashback. Actually, I really like that the colors look like watercolors. Yeah. yeah. I, I really like that element of it because it sort of fits with this sort of like fantasy magic situation where everything's not super well defined. Yeah, um, I yeah. I think the colors, I think the colors really, really make this book stand out, especially the, like the watercolor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Watercolors and just big black inks. Cool. It's a good kid book. I, I thought so too. I was going to ask you, uh, as far as kid books go, how do you feel about it? Yeah, yeah. I would, I would probably. Um, my kids. It's harder to destroy a trade paperback than it is a 
single issue. So yeah. I'd probably do a trade of this. I think they actually have a full trade of this, and they have a second story, too. Oh, nice. They yeah, yeah. Two. I, I think they brought this one back. I think this is... I, I would imagine this was probably the most popular one. There well, is a also, huge Jim fan Zub love for this Jim knows how to character. write a good book. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is I was like... Because we've read a couple... We've read, like, what, four Disney King's books? Yeah. We read Seekers of the Weird. We read the Haunted Mansion one. We read Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Now this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the way, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and this kind of... Not the comics, but, like, the story in the parks and Tony Baxter and all that kind of tied in together in a uh, Oh, uh, it, it's it's interesting. There's a lot of like weird crossover. Um, Tony Baxter is a, a, a darn genius. Tony Baxter is the Imagineer. Yes, he okay. is an Imagineer. Uh, there's a whole thing. He had a whole plan for another land in Disney in Disneyland called um, Discovery Bay, oh. which initially this would have been a part of called like the character was called like Mr. Miraculous's Marvelous Marvel like show. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty crazy. If you ever watch it, I'll, I'll show you some of this stuff one of these days, Ryan. You'll be like, this guy is super imaginative and probably. nuts. You would be super into it. Um, But yeah, I, I also kind of like, you know what I kind of like at the end here? I like the cliffhanger. It's kind of very much, it, it plays in another thing. I love Doctor Who-esque. Like, uh-oh, oh, yeah. now we're lost. And now we got to Now we're like two buddies on an adventure. Like, as much as I give Ryan a, a guff about his Transformers going on adventures, I also like adventures. Right. I just like the people that... Not everything has to be fighting. Right, but Megatron and, and Optimus Tr- Prime shouldn't go on an adventure. We know they're enemies and they're enemies forever. It's not Buzz and Woody where what there's... about some, when they were kids? No. They were never kids. They were just built into existence. Like, how do... It leads to another question. I don't want to talk about this right now. <laughs> Neither I'm not do I. About transformer reproduction. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I guess I just thought this was a, a solid first issue. I thought it was a fun kids they book. They make and them I in it, Japan. And I thought it didn't treat its audience as dumb either. Like some kids books, I feel can kind of sometimes be like, oh, yeah, this is no, no, dumb it kids. Send them down or like yeah, no, this is something. Some adult. of the stuff where they're where he's like demanding sciency stuff. Yeah, it's not like. Make me a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, you know, like he's like, look, I want you to deliver. You deliver. Said you're a Here's a deadline. Deliver. You need to use science. Do it. <laughs> Do it, and that's it. But uh, science me some stuff, you science man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It, it's it's colorful. It's bright. It's fun. But it also doesn't dumb down. And it's something if you're a, if you're a Disney fan like I am, especially of like this attraction, which I never got to experience. Um, if you not yet. if you no, no no the one that's there now is nothing like oh, this. Sorry, man. It still has figment, but it's nothing like this. It's a travesty. Um, comparatively. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I would say check it out. Uh, it's a, it's a Disney kingdoms book, which means it's put out by Marvel. So anywhere Marvel bo- bo- books are, so you can find it on comiXology or uh, any place like that. Uh, so yeah, check it out. Ryan, I believe you are the last person. Yes. Speaking of endless fighting, uh, I brought a book called rock candy mountain. It is <laughs> written and drawn by Kyle Starks with colors by Chris Schweitzer. Uh, and it is about hobos in the late forties. And one hobo in particular named Jackson and his quest to find Rock Candy Mountain from the song. Yep. Uh, so you already sold me on that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm unfamiliar with this song. Really? Uh, yeah, I really. think I am too. I think I might have heard it. Yeah. Have you guys oh, seen Brother Where Art Thou? Oh, Brother Where Art Thou? <laughs> yes. Uh, no. You know the Brother Where Art Thou? They, they use an archival recording of somebody from the, the uh, early teens. It's of like the best the one. 19th century. Oh, the 20th century. It's like the best recording it's, of it. It sounds great. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know going to a land far away beyond the crystal mountain. I'm going 
Where so the Big Rock Candy Mountain is essentially like yeah. a hobo's paradise. You don't have to work all day. There's there's whiskey, uh, 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 what is the, it? The what lake is it? The, of stew and a lake whiskey of stew. And a whiskey too. You the, can paddle the, all around it in a big canoe. Yeah, and, the, the huh. jails are made of tin. tin. You can walk right out of them as soon as you are in. Yeah, so <laughs> the idea being like a hobo's paradise. You be lazy all day. There's also there's no law. They no hung the jerk that invented work, work. Right. at Big Rock right. Candy Mountain. Yeah, it's a great song. It's like, a, it's like a good like Americana Rock early night. It fits the movie. It's very much a yeah. You know, it's also very much like a hobo song. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Um, and so when I saw there was a comic called this, I'm like, ooh, intrigued. And it's definitely very involved with hobo culture. It is. The issue starts with the hobo symbol. Each issue has a different hobo symbol. That's true. Uh, so I my but I'm waiting for the but but. Uh, I wanted there to be like more magic in it, to be honest with you. And maybe I'm just dumb. Like I know well, it there wasn't was... enough when the devil just killed right, tore all those you guys. You start off again, again, <laughs> just first, like Alan's thing. The first bit of dialogue. <laughs> you start off with that, but then we don't it's see not for anything kids, else. By the you way. don't see. Oh, no, no, no. And, but you don't see anything yeah. else of it. There's no other little magical hints or anything no, else in the well, world. I mean, it, there is if you're paying attention. I mean, maybe I missed it. But Ryan like, well, brought a non-family friendly. No, I didn't. That is oh, true. Gosh, I love this book. Uh, I, I mean, I just put it this way. It didn't steer me away from I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm not reading more. No, no, no. I want to read more of it. I just want more magic. There's and Ian. There's more magic. Uh, Ch- Chewie gave me an anecdote where he accidentally read one so of the later issues. I, uh, oh, yeah. And he said, it's, he's like, you need to keep I, reading. I had, I had um, <clears throat> chapter five um, okay, yeah. on my iPad as well for some reason. Um, and when looking at just all the books that I have on there, uh, chapter five jumped right out and, and it said like, you know, rock can mountain. And there was, uh, you know, the cover of chapter one, which looked a little bit more subdued. And, um, so I just started reading chapter five. Oh boy. And then I got to the end of it and then I was realized, oh man, that was chapter five. Yeah. And then I read chapter one and I'm like, Hmm, <laughs> even so I want to see. I want to see how we get from point A to point B. Yeah. Because it, it's it's interesting for sure. Um, Man, this, this is kind of a crazy. It starts off pretty crazy. There's a devil just killing people. Yep. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I thought, I hope Chewie likes this. That's a pretty metal. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think having, uh, after hearing Ian say that when we we're talking earlier, had I read just this first issue uh-huh. by itself, I probably would have been like, when are we getting to the fireworks factory? Oh, there's but, some, there's definitely you get you get there eventually. <laughs> right. Having read the other stuff, I I like I, oh yeah, we get there big time. Yeah. So um I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. Oh yeah, uh, don't get me clearly. wrong, I'm interested still. I just you guys, I just you guys aren't intrigued by the idea of the hobo mafia. No, I hobo am. King. Yeah, I was wondering I what was going on with that. I am very much. I think I was just looking for more magic, and I was like, ooh. And I and I I know that sounds silly to say because I just I just read the a beginning of a book where there's a devil man that kills people. No, it's the, <laughs> the devil. devil. Um, but I don't know. I guess I just I guess I wanted more magic off the bat. I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't satiated enough. I wanted a, b- a bigger taste, but I guess I shouldn't be greedy and I should keep. Now, I wanted the hobo's hobo life of of so much ma- magic and mystery. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> you guys it's have made a subtle thing. magic and mystery. Look, look at the thing I made. You could take that <laughs> panel and where he just says yeah. this car is rotten with hobos. Yeah, oh, and, and you can put can anything just there. Put I, by anything the way, there. I love yeah. that. This car is rotten with hobos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this could be so good. Everywhere. I love the term hobo. Nobody says that anymore. So I'm I just, sure yeah. it's probably not politically correct, but. 
Well, this this whole care. book is about hobos. This yeah, there's, about no, there's no politics in the politics hobos. of hobos. Yeah, yeah there is. No, it's a mafia, very clearly. That's well, not yeah. pol- that's not political. That's well, uh, yeah, criminal. Yeah, it's criminal. Yeah, it's a criminal yeah, organization. Yeah, yeah one one man's criminal is another man's political. That's true. No, I didn't dislike it, Ryan. I enjoyed it. I just want more. I think I think this is the one. This is one where I would love to read the trade. Like yeah. instantly, it would be like I want to read this because if this was a one issue, I'd be like, eh. but like you give me all f- like five six issues of this, I'm like I'm I'm down. Yeah, give me more. I honestly I did not know what I was getting with this book, and I'm actually really happy with it. <laughs> like I, the art style is so weird. Yeah, like it's it's super loose, but also super fun. Like very much like Perry Bi- uh, Perry Bible Fellowship kind of oh, looking yeah. thing going all right. on. Yeah, um, which for the What's the word like for how serious this book like aims yeah. to be, even though it's silly and very, very outrageous with like the adult subject matter that it deals with this yeah. particular sort of animation style is it doesn't seem like it would fit, but it totally does. Like mm-hmm. I, I could see this being more like a, a more realistic vertigo book or yeah. uh, or image book and they could have got somebody to. To make it look real dark and, yeah. and sort of gritty. Spend a lot of time drawing all the little pustules in every hobo's face. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But instead, they're just like, let's throw some, throw some lines together. That'll be good. And they did that, and it's really good. <laughs> yeah, it did kind of like what sure. we saw in Nam Wolf, uh, or where it was like, yeah, here's kinda. this crazy heavy thing, but like everyone was drawn like super, uh, like I, I don't know, like cartoony. Yeah, mm-hmm. like and, and then, well, the the advantage and then his head ripping by devil. The, the advantage to that uh, art style, especially in this kind of book, is that everything is symbolic. So right, you don't get bogged down with details because right. that's kind of where same face comes from. Yeah, it's like facial structure plus eyebrows, but like, but in this case, everything is symbolic. Your nose is a W. Then you're this guy, but you can also draw the nose as a, a U on this guy or a triangle. It, yeah. Yeah, or a triangle, and it would make them look like two completely different characters, like yeah. two circles for glasses versus two different circles for eyes. And so as far as comic book uh, art style goes, when you're trying to differentiate between characters with minimal effort, symbology plays like a huge part in that. Um, and I think that this takes full advantage of that particular style. <laughs> symbology. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the study of symbol. The study of sim- symbols. Symbolism. Yeah, I don't like know. What do you think symbol. the symbology behind that is? Symbology is a thing. No, it's a real word. Is it? Yeah, yeah. it's a mm. subject of philosophy. Symbology. Yeah, yeah. symbology is a thing. Oh, the study of it. Okay, I thought. I like. I, I, thought I, you're I, using I just like. I, like I, I appreciate Alan's yeah. the study of symbo. <laughs> study of. <laughs> is that some character I should know about? Yeah, wombo. The study of wombology <laughs> or wombology. He, the study of wombo. We wombo. First grade SpongeBob. <laughs> Oh yeah. I was yes, just Ryan, thinking, you were uh, say Boondock no. Saints were where <laughs> Willem Defoe's with that other cop and they they come across the murder scene with the like pennies on the eyes. He's like, You got pennies on the eyes, uh well, what do you what do you think the symbology of that is? He's like the symbology the symbolism. <laughs> and it's just like, Oh, Willem Defoe. All right. Yeah, so maybe maybe I use the word wrong. Uh, no, there is no, a you word did. of that. Yeah. You're talking yes. about the study of symbols. Yeah, yeah you're I, talking I, I about guess. the study. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, just making sure that I wasn't the weird. At one not point, Willem when the guys, when, when Jackson's punching all the other hobos, Mona <laughs> Slim says he's got punch diarrhea, yeah. and their faces <laughs> are the toilet. toilet. Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good lines in this. There is yeah. the it's writing. So is, the writing. The joke writing is spot on. 
I um I, I also really like the fact that he's like, I'm gonna call you Hollywood Slim. He's like, Well, actually I'm from Pomona. And then so <laughs> he ends up calling him Pomona. Yeah. Which is cool. Pomona. Because <laughs> I'm like, I know Pomona. I've been there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this guy's totally from Pomona. <laughs> I know people from Pomona. They sure are like that. Yep. <laughs> exactly. You know, that way. Well, you know, they would they would just be carrying two soggy sandwiches with them and Asking a, a more equipped hobo for help. You know, the way they are. People from Pomona. Yeah. <laughs> Pomonans. I can tell you, I, I sat down and read the whole trade of this um, when I first got into it. And it's so good. Really? Yeah. So much. More, like I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Like, I want to read is, the trade. Like, this is a 25-page book. And most of the pages have 10 panels or more. So much happens in this one issue. And, and a whole lot more happens in the next four or five issues, however many are collected. Uh, but it's it's on image, so it's an image trade, so you can get it for those ten American dollars. Wow, uh, ten and, American dollars! And I think that they're I think they're working on a second trade. It should be coming out very soon, and that'll, I believe, wrap up the story. I'll, I'll tell you this much: I I've read two of the. It's it's only the five chapters, right? Uh, right now, I think they're up to eight or nine. Oh, okay. Uh, I I could tell you, having read just the the bits that I have, it, it's worth each one of those ten of the American dollars. Like you're gonna get a lot of book, yeah. For your you $10. get a lot of books, and you get you get plenty more fantasy and and way more punching. Also jokes. Uh, I like this book a whole lot. I really really yeah, like this book. I really it's really enjoyed this. I enjoyed it's too. totally insane and over the top. What you guys? So we talked about the art a little bit. Was the art? I was worried, Ian, because you said something about how the art of one of the books held it back. No, you still you still enjoyed the. Yeah, I think all of his complaints of were about my book. Uh, <laughs> that's where we're going with that. No, 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 no. And Alan, oh. in retrospect, now that I know more about it, it makes a lot more sense and things put come together. But no, I enjoyed this book. I thought I thought that the this the, the the line the line simple artwork fit with the hobo style of it. So I think it works. <laughs> the hobo, hobo, the hobo, style. the hobo chic. Oh man, derelict. Their lifestyle <laughs> determines their hobo style. Yep. Their job style determines their hobo style. I I think one of my favorite parts was the use of a profanity as as the as sound, sound effect, effect when he punched when he kicked the guy yeah. in the face. Yeah. It just says bitch, just like that. Like oh man, it's it's so good. I can right, say now, it because that's just, been the title of a book before. We're just Explicit. we're just referencing parts of the book oh, now. Fine. One yeah, more right. thing. One more thing. Uh, I like that you're like the leader of the hobo mafia. Yeah, so is that me? Yeah, is that me? I mean, now you got a haircut. I'm that old now Santa you got a fancy guy. haircut. Now you where's look good. It? Hold on, hold on. Where, where's I got that, that one? ring. There's one panel in particular. Like, look, come on, that's not Ryan, right there. <laughs> that's Ryan. If you put on like a Fidel Castro hat, oh, yeah. Man, the, I mean, his beard heart. needs to go way more out of control. But yeah, I agree. You can you can do it. I've Thanks seen a lot, Chewy. It's it's you know it's because he has that smile. He's smiling right here. He's a oh, smile. The smiling hobo. Is it the crazy eyebrows too? Oh boy. You do have some kind of wild eyebrows. All um, Let's move on. Wild so brows, right? That is going to wrap us up for uh, this uh, episode's uh, version of Here's My Issue. And now we move on to part two of the show, our first prints, where we talk about uh, comics uh, that we think are really important. Maybe it's a single issue. Maybe it's a, a whole graphic novel. Maybe it's an arc of a story. Uh, maybe it is a little bit older. Maybe it's a little bit newer. Uh, something we think that is good if you're just getting into comics or uh, a book. And if you're maybe out bad of comics for a while, is a good one to check out. A good examples of the art form. Um, and so uh, bringing back our old friend, uh, Box Brown, who uh, we, we read the Tetris book that he's written before, which we all really enjoyed. 
Uh, so he wrote a book that is like like the way Tetris was written for Ryan. This book was, I feel, in some ways, written for me. Um, when are we gonna read the one that's written for me? Uh, that's Andre up to you to bring, my friend. Andre the Giant. I mean, this one had some crossover for sure. Oh yeah. Um, so uh, this book is called "Is This Guy for Real?" The Unbelievable Andy Kaufman by Box Brown. For those of you who don't know who Andy Kaufman is, uh, he's uh, really uh, probably one of the first major that I can think of avant-garde, strange kind of comedians. Um, at least the most popular one. There's a movie about him from the early 2000s where Jim Carrey played him called Man on the Moon. Really interesting documentary on Netflix about that, by the way, called Jim and Andy. It's pretty great. Um, but he's probably most well known for being on Taxi, the show Taxi, uh, where yep. he kind of took his character of the foreign man and turned him into Latka, which he didn't like very much. But he's also well known for the big por- portion of this book, which is uh, he declared himself the intergender re- wrestling champion. Yep. And would go out and wrestle ladies, would offer money to them to pin him, all in tongue-in-cheek. He was very much a big well, proponent of him. Some of it, motive. and yeah. some of it had some ulterior motives for sure. But he was very much big about like messing with people's reality and getting them to believe things <laughs> that weren't true. Um, there was so no, much so... Like just the tip. And so much so that he he would do this stuff where he would try to convince people that things weren't true. That he there were even rumors that when he died, he faked his own death. Yeah. Yeah. Still to this well, and this day, book sort of... People this book think, sort of... Yeah kind of hints at that elbows yeah. you in the yeah. ribs about it um but anyway i'm a big andy kaufman fan so i'm biased uh so what did you guys think uh if you listen to our episode last year when after comic-con we talked to box brown about tetris he also talked about this book yeah he did he he told us a lot about it and it was that guy was super fun to talk to also yeah but he was like uh, he was he's a big wrestling guy yes uh so there's a there's a lot of wrestling stuff in this book which Absolutely. is what i was not prepared for but it's I think the part of it that was the weirdest, but also really worked story-wise and narratively for me in this book was like at at this point in the early eighties, like wrestling wasn't, uh, (laughs) people didn't realize wrestling was fake. Yeah. (gasps) And, and, and (laughs) like, and to the point that, and that's because because it's not, and it still isn't. It never has been. Right, Ryan? Right, Ryan? No, no. Um, so Don't worry, Santa will still bring you so all the wrestling sort of, stuff. It's sort of interesting sort of to, to peer into the, the background of that and look at how similar sort of what Andy Kaufman was doing is this weird anti-comedy thing and wrestling was. And, I, and obviously that's like one of the main themes of the book. Um, but I, I like the way it's kind of juxtaposed with wrestling, which is just sort of this overarching story that at least has always been kind of background radiation for me. Like I've been familiar with it for a long time, but I don't think I've ever watched an actual wrestling match. Like, you know, that kind of wrestling. You're missing out, I've been brother. Like, I've watched like high school wrestling. Um, and, and so it was, it's, it was sort of an interesting parallel that I had never put together. Uh, cause, it, cause I've been familiar with Andy Kaufman. I've seen his bits. I remember when I was a kid and I was like, Oh, you gotta watch this. It's hilarious. He's going to do all these bad impressions. And then he's going to do Elvis really good. And I was Wait, like, did he spoil the, the punchline? For and, you? I, and I watched it and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's pretty good Elvis. And, and I was like, I was like six <sighs> who, or something. I didn't get my dad. Okay. And well, I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't get why this is funny. And he's like, no, it's hilarious. I'm like, but why Elvis mm-hmm. isn't that great. And, and my dad was no fan of Elvis either. And he was kind of like, well, no, nah, you just, you had to be there. He tried. He tried to explain the joke to you. If you just like yeah. watch this guy do impressions. Yeah, and I don't know then, if you've ever met my dad. My dad is the number one joke explainer. Yeah, my my parents. I got into Andy <laughs> Kaufman around the time that Man on the Moon came out, and I was w- into this stuff, like into his life and all the things he did way too early. That was like sixth grade. I wrote a paper. I read an autobiography. I wrote a biography, and I wrote a paper on Andy Kaufman. That was a 
was a choice. <laughs> um, I thought this did a really good job of sort of tying those two worlds together. It really did. It really did. Because and I had never put the context there, and especially the background it, about yeah. the other guy yeah, that he was Jerry, wrestling. Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler. Lawler. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting. Honestly, that side story, that was super interesting. I, I yeah, yeah I, I wasn't... I wasn't shocked that it did go a bit wrestling heavy in, on on the Andy side, you know, because because that's a big part of what he did. Um, I was shocked at how much of that, how how heavy it got into wrestling without any Andy, and that was the the Jerry yeah. Lawler side of it, and and I learned a lot about Jerry Lawler. But I think that's good because because at first I was I went in this book just sort of expecting like a like a you know generic Annie Kaufman biography like. Oh, there's Andy Kaufman. He yeah. was on Saturday Night Live, and and you know, then he got sad, and then you know, like just sort of generic biography. But instead, this fo- like the the laser focus on this specific aspect, I think, tells a better story. It makes it more interesting. Well, and the fact that like for a long time, this relationship between the two of them seemed like they legitimately hated each other. Well, right. and, and yeah, like it wasn't even real, and they wouldn't even acknowledge it in real life because yeah. of the whole kayfabe thing. Yeah. Um, and so Is it kayfabe. I actually have never heard it, it pronounced. K- I've K-fabe. only K-fabe. ever seen it written. I don't know. Does anybody actually know how it's pronounced? I have no, no idea. Probably I'll Google, Google it. it. The internet will tell uh, us. But, but, but yeah, I thought that that was really interesting too. Like you wouldn't even go to his funeral. Yeah. Even though they're actually and, real life close friends. Well, yeah. yeah. And like the whole thing. I mean, let's where, be real though. That's what Andy would have wanted. No, right? it is. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like the, that, that, that whole aspect of like this sort of meta textual, like yeah. your story is your actual life. And then he has his actual life going on simultaneously. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the whole thing where, you know, they bring up to Jerry Lawler in that promo, like live, like, Hey, like, so Andy Kaufman, you know, he's dead. And then he has, he's like, I had to react the way that the King would. And yeah. he's like, tell someone who cares. Yeah. And it's just like, whoa, dude. Like, <laughs> That's yeah, commitment. they didn't like yeah. each other. That's but com- then, yeah, like you realize like how close of friends they actually were. Yeah. And it's, well, I mean, they planned this whole bit. <laughs> right, right. So I'm just like that. That's that's like you said, it's commitment because I'm like, I don't I don't. You know, could I stay in character even if we planned a bit and stuff like yeah. that? To, yeah, to be, like if you if you and I were like it like oh we're gonna do this bit that you know we got in this fight or whatever and like no matter what just see it through or whatever and then like something happened like I don't know that I'd be able to be like yeah I always hated Ian he was the worst I'd be like <laughs> yeah, yeah I always I hate him. I I, uh, I love Andy God I love when they go on David Letterman that's one of my favorite yeah. he's like I was just kidding around I didn't mean any of it it's like oh yeah. You jerk! Uh, so good. Kayfabe. Kayfabe. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Although the uh, the origin is unknown, it uh, has ties to possibly meaning like like fake in pig Latin kind of thing. Oh, uh, okay. Like egg fay. Uh, okay. Um, or uh, there was actually a wrestler called K Fabian who was mute. Oh. So. Oh, as in like don't talk. Yeah. Exactly. But the first rule of Fight Club yeah. is don't talk about fight. But yeah, I like exactly. like I also I also didn't realize too like how much more mainstream wrestling became because of this whole bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Because of this the whole, whole fake it, it, feud. Like Vince McMahon yeah. was in there. Yeah, Vince well, McMahon. Well, Vince McMahon so, Senior's like I don't well, want no, anything but to do with Vince this guy. McMahon yeah, Junior's like, like the Vince McMahon that we all know and love for memes. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, no, 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 Dad, come on, you trust me. And like, look at where he's taken it now. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge thing, and like, I didn't realize that how much in in some small way or in a way that Andy Kaufman's whole thing was 
in some way responsible for that idea. I yeah. have no well, idea about that. At the end of the book, there's the part where Box Brown shows himself and doing like a Skype interview with um, his brother, with Bible. Michael Kaufman, uh-huh. and that story that he tells about the, um, yeah. you know, the the at the arcade at the pier and the that thing. Was, that the made, that thing, I got. Yeah. I'm not gonna the lie. I got a little. I got a little choked up. Well, I mean, and that's <laughs> like that's in a in a very small microcosm. That's what Andy was doing. Yeah. Right. Like, cause, cause wrestling is is much bigger now than it was. Well, he takes much bigger. He would take something that he really liked, bring his passion to it, bring like attention to it, and then be like, cool, that's it. And that that, that's like, well, and like, like, bring attention to it and be sort of terrible at it or be ridiculous at it. To to but to 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 draw to draw yeah people in. Well, and and so I think I I really like that narrative aspect of telling this whole story and then being like, look, in case you didn't get it, yeah, here's here's an example. Uh, But that also is at the same time like really heartwarming. Yeah, and because because Andy is kind of a creep show and kind of a weirdo. Yeah, and so it's it's nice to kind of wrap it up with this like charming like kind story about him i mean he he did this stuff he was the first guy that i ever realized oh he's not doing this to make other people laugh he's doing it to make himself laugh and if you laugh and get it then you're it's almost like this was the first time like you're rewarded for being smart by like getting that this is a bit like not Mm -hmm. believing everything you see and like don't and question your reality question what you see i guess and that for me at least took at least for the Andy Kaufman side of me, like that informed a lot of my, my humor of like, Oh, let's mess with people. Like let's, let's get people to not like to, not in a way that's like necessarily cruel, but it's like, I'm going to be, it's like, it's, if you look at it, it's not as harmful as it is. I don't know. I'm trying to, I get it. You like to dupe people. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Like to pull one, pull the wool over their eyes. I just, ah, oh man. Like to, There's so many parts in this book too where I was chuckling because I'm just like, oh, I remember when he did that. This is my, this I wasn't my, even alive, but I remember when he did that. This is my favorite thing about uh, Box Brown too is the way that he writes this book. So everything's in like short little bite-sized mm-hmm. like pages yeah. that um, are super it's, well like researched and super well like put out there. Yeah, I mean so he's got he, like four pages of bibliography at yeah. the back. Yeah, he, he writes like this story that's sort of like a documentary, but he does it in such a way where he doesn't need like um, Morgan Freeman to narrate it. Yeah. And you're just reading it and you're sort of doing it in your, in your own voice, but he's hitting all of these aspects and then it's so interesting to see the story unfold. Like, uh, to be honest though, I do have to say that about halfway through the whole Letterman bit when they're talking about, are you going to punch him? Is he not going to punch him? I sort of just started skipping through. Um, That's fair. Because to be honest, I just didn't really care how it ended. I just, <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to see how it ended, but I didn't really care. The Letterman bit specifically. Yeah, I think well, so. Well, I think that that one's almost like a, like a, behind the scenes version of that because yeah. that's one of the things that's the easiest to pull up. Like you can go watch the actual Letterman bit yeah. on YouTube yeah. in 30 seconds. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah, a lot of, I really enjoyed, uh, a lot of the story because honestly I don't really know Andy Kaufman. I know he was on taxi. I know well, he was a little weird. Hi, Alan. <laughs> Here's uh, the thing. I also don't care. <laughs> that's fair. He definitely sounds like the type of humor that Ian dumb, Ewing, dumb anime stuff. Either. Ian, you and Chewie would yeah, super do. like, but I did, <laughs> I did think about this while I was reading it. I'm like, I'm watching or I'm, I'm watching it. I'm reading it mm. um, and I'm watching it unfold in my head. And I'm thinking about this. I'm like, I didn't realize how much of an impact he would have had on the world of comedy. And especially, I didn't even know he was involved in wrestling until we talked to Box Brown. Yeah. And then reading this, it's like, wow, that's really, really interesting. Um, And I'm not going to go back and and probably 
you know, develop a sudden love for Andy Kaufman. Mm. Um, but mostly just because it's not my style of humor. But then I started thinking about it. I'm like, who would like this? Well, Ian really likes this. That makes actually a lot of sense. Chewie, you probably like it also, I would imagine. Like, it's like probably it. pretty funny. Because it's subversive. It's it's subtle. It's like... I like some of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Like the time he took everybody in Madison Square Gardens to go eat cookies. Yeah. It's, it's just actually, that... that part's not actually in the book. Yeah. But, he but also I'm, had I'm Santa about... Claus fly over everybody yeah, at the end. when he did the... Or when he Carnegie did the Midnight... Or when he did yeah. Midnight Carnegie Special, too, he also had Howdy Doody on there. Yeah. Like, that was weird. I used to have a VHS and yeah, I still have it somewhere. Thing just the weird, yeah. just the the weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just the weird stuff that he would do that it's like people laughed at because it was so subversive and weird. And it's like, you know who does that now? Everything on Adult Swim. Yeah. Like, well, everything. Yeah. It, too many cooks. It's one uh, of those Mr. things. Mr. Pickles. Well, like, you, you look at Andy Kaufman and you yeah. look at the stuff now, you're like, oh, it's like... I didn't realize it, but his fingerprints are everywhere. It's like yeah. when you listen to, it's like if you, you know, if you're into music now and suddenly you listen to this band that you'd never heard from the eighties and you're like, Oh man, like I can name a dozen bands that I like that. I thought, Oh, they must've come up with how this many, idea. How, yeah. And it's like, Oh no, they just sound like joy division. How, how like, many current like pop, like songs are super poppy, especially the kind that's not like overly poppy, but it's mm-hmm. still pop. Like how many of them use gated reverb on that snare now? Oh yeah. Like, you know, all like, of them do. like how, how, yeah. How many of them have that, uh, yeah, all of yeah. those different. It's the four it, to the floor. Yeah, if you deal. if you hear mm-hmm. Andy Coffin's definitely one of the first, one it's, of the biggest first kind of subversive anti comedy subverting expectations sort of a thing. Exactly, and I think it's really illustrated really well in this book. Yeah, yeah. and I, and actually that's kind of what made it endearing and made me interested in it was looking at him, and then especially the parts where you know Box Brown puts in like. Oh, he goes to uh, the Bunny Ranch or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, it's like, oh, I just hang out with them. Like, they're people. We yep. should treat women like people. That's a yeah. thing that we should he just all had be a doing. Really well, at the same time, he was doing this, like, very misogynistic character yeah. as the, yeah. like, no woman can beat me wrestling. They should be in the kitchen. <laughs> right. right. And and he's like, oh, I'm just doing this to drum up business. Right. And then, right. But I really and do. He has the whole thing where he wants to start the, like, foundation. And right. Stuff he like wants that. to yeah. help uh, women with, like, equal get equal rights. And yeah. then he does that uh, He does that whole thing where at the end of his bit, you know, he talks about how he always sings the songs that like, we should all be nice to each other. And, yeah, yeah. You know, he's just a really. Uh, I know that song, Alan. I learned how to play it years ago. Of course It's one of those things where I think. Uh, Alan, you touched on something that I thought was good, and it's, it's the way Box Brown tells the story in the mm-hmm. little bite-sized things. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, it, it's like a smorgasbord, you know? Like, you get little bits of this and that here and there, you know? You're not, it's it's like you go to, what is it, like one of those, like, Ethiopian restaurants, and it's like, there's like 30 plates with like 30 different things out there, and you're like, well, I've never eaten Ethiopian. I've just had some of this, and this is, this is well, guess what, my friend? You've yeah. just eaten some Ethiopian food. That yeah. that was a me- that's how you consume that meal. And I think some of um, from what I know, which is probably not anywhere near what like you what you Ian know about like Andy Kaufman and like you know stuff like that. There's a lot of really um, he, he's a really interesting person, but it, it I would imagine a long form singular you know like lin- linear plot with no B plot and, and, and this happened, in and this one happened, and this happened. long string, um, it would get weird and heavy really fast. Maybe and hard to understand. A bit man harder the, to man understand. Man on the Moon is like that and it gets real heavy really yeah. fast yeah. Right at the end. It, it, it's, it gets really heavy. It, it, it's, it could stay heavy and he's just, you know, his, someone like him, his mind works a little bit different and, and I think when you're trying to 
understand something like that. Sometimes the little bite-sized morsels are a little bit more effective than like let me stew in it. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate his his storytelling in in that manner. Yeah. I don't know. I guess the I guess the thing also I I really also just liked about Andy Kaufman in general it was like yeah he's a weirdo and he's weird and he's strange but. He doesn't let that hinder him or worry about what somebody else thinks. He just does his own thing, and it usually tends to work out pretty well for him. Yeah, the transcendental meditation thing was definitely strange. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true though. He was yeah. very much into that stuff. So much so towards the end that when he had cancer, he tried like alternative treatments and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. they actually show a really good point in that in Man on the Moon where he goes and they do like you know the the, the, the trick, which is where they'd be like, "Look, we're pulling the cancer out," and it's just like oh, wow. chicken guts and stuff. They would basically slide of hand, and he realizes it in the movies. Realizes it and like laughs. He's like, huh. "Like somebody finally got one over on him." Nice. So, um, yeah, it was. It's. So he's an interesting character, and uh, for better or worse, informed a lot of my comic tastes. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. But um, um, but this book, but yeah. like, it's it's but yeah. The book is is. I think the book. Here's the thing. I didn't know about a lot of the backstory of the stuff in the book. Like, I knew right. that they weren't like they, they they had this public persona, knew this wrestling thing, but that's not the first thing I think of when I think of Andy Kaufman. For me, this filled in a missing gap mm-hmm. that I didn't know about. So it's like I now have the complete set, which is why it's the same reason that I really loved. I do think that if you're going to read this book, you should have some appreciation for Andy Kaufman or no knowledge of Andy Kaufman. Because yeah. if you have a preconceived it notion, yeah. it's going to be difficult yeah. like like for me to get into. Mm. Um, where I kind of didn't know a lot about it, but I knew like what his type of humor was and I didn't really care that much. Uh, but the book was still good. It just like it's not going to be as good for like Ian, for you, for example, um, to get really into it. But Tetris, like we got to talk about Box Brown as like an arter, an arter, an arter... <laughs> A artist and a writer, an auteur, an auteur, um, and the way that he just uses very, very. Well, we go back to like symbolism and creating characters with triangles and squares, Um, but you don't mind after a while. For some reason, you look at it and you're like, "What did a like did a ten year old draw this? Like, it looks kind of weird." I love his style. I think it works so well. But it works so well. It does. It works so well. I really like that. Like the spot color, like in the because it's a it's a two color book. It's it's black and a color and then white. Uh, and in Tetris, it was yellow, kind of mm-hmm. like the the weird color of the the Game Boy screen. In, in this, it's TV static. It's yeah. it's not just gray, but if you if you look at it real yeah, close, it's, it's actually like snow, like you know, turned to a de- turned to a dead channel. Snow, I am, um, which I, is a very TV yeah. focused story. I thought that that was just I, I had a funny story. Andy Andy would perform as a child to his wall. Yeah, and people would be like, "What are you <clears> doing?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm performing for the audience." Yeah. yeah, he like good. believed, I, um, like he was a kid, like was pretending he was on TV. That was his make pretend. I was reading this book, uh, in in public, and it was funny that we talked about the the art and like that question because someone walked by and said, uh, "Did you? Is that your comic? Did you draw that or like whatever?" <laughs> and I was, and my and my reaction was, "I wish." <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh yeah," and I was like, "No, it's it's uh this guy." He, does like this like kind of some like histor- some interesting historical stuff this is about Andy Kaufman and they're like their eyebrows raised like there's a comic book about Andy Kaufman who is this do I know this person no this was just, just some a random random, pr- random person all right wait where were you when this happened I was at a restaurant oh yeah interesting so anyway anyway but, but yeah I mean I love his work I will read anything he puts out even if it's on a subject that I'm not that I don't know that much about 
Um, makes a lot of really I've, weird science fiction stuff too. I find I find at least his historical. I haven't read his science fiction stuff, but his historical I'll stuff I absolutely adore. Like I love this. I want to read that Andre the Giant book. Like, and I'm not even like a huge wrestling fan. Like, but I'm interested. I'm interested in Andre every the aspect Giant's of it. got a documentary coming out. Ooh. Uh, there's actually a re- I watched a documentary on the Tetris thing, and like it's funny because I I wanted to, I was watching it with one of the YouTube channels I follow. He's like a big video game history dude. That's mm-hmm. all he does. And he was talking about the history of Tetris. And I kind of want to like message him and be like, hey, have you read this comic? It's really like everything you just said is 100% accurate. But this is also great. You should tell people to read this too if they want to learn it and learn the same story in a different medium. I, the thing I love about Tetris is just the four different storylines that were yeah. happening simultaneously. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, nuts. Yeah, yeah. That story is crazy. And Box Brown's ability to like bounce between mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. Well, uh, you guys can pick this up. I'm not sure if it's available digitally very easily. Um, uh, I think it's it, first it, it's, second, right? It's from first second, yeah. so it might not be on Comicsology, but I can get it from like the Kindle store. Yeah, you can, you can, you can find it. It is available out there. I bought mine in a bookstore in Portland. So, um, all right. Well, uh, that is going to wrap us up for uh, First Prince, and now we move on to the four color character compendium. Oh boy, we talked way it's too long. It's you this time, Ian. We talked way too long. What, what are you going to afflict this. upon us? So the four color character compendium is a part of the show where we talk about comic book characters, super heroes villains uh teams people who create the books the writers and artists kind of a comic book vocab and history lesson uh combined into one and guys i am shocked that we have gone over 100 episodes and not talked about this are you sure that we haven't and that we haven't talked about them multiple times absolutely um it's venom no (laughs) but it does but it does share something in common with venom and that is that it is a spider-man villain and it is probably my favorite Spider-Man villain, oh. in, in retrospect. Well, we did uh, the really terrible Mysterio. Yeah, we did Mysterio. We did Mysterio. Uh, we did uh, we've done Venom. We've done, done Carnage. Venom. We haven't done... Okay. I'm we've done guess, the Green Goblin. We haven't I'm done gonna, Gwenum. I'm going to guess Rhino. Nope. Ooh. Anybody else going to take a guess? Sandman. Nope. No, let's see. Is there some sort of professor that's a villain? Are you going to talk about the Green Goblin? We already talked about the Green Goblin. Okay, so Take another know. guess. I'm surprised. This is like one of his top bad guys, and none of you guys are guessing. Doctor Octopus. Yes, Doctor oh, well, yeah. Octopus. Wow. We're going right. to talk about Doc Ock, as uh, Stan would be known Octavius to say. Octavius so, Octopus. Doctor Octopus, or uh, Otto Octavius, as his regular Otto regular name Octavius. is known, uh, was created uh, in, by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Um, he appeared in the Amazing Spider-Man number three wow. from July 1963. Uh, Lee recounted, and I'm going to do this. This is a quote, so I'm going to do it in his voice. Oh, boy. Usually in creating a villain, the first thing I would think of was a name. And then I would try to think of, well, now that I've got the name, who's the character going to be? What will he do? For some reason, I thought of an octopus. I thought, I want to call somebody octopus, and I want to give him a couple extra arms just for fun. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You did it, Sam. I was eating sushi. But I had to figure out how to do that. <laughs> That's the last yeah. part of the quote. Um, so, uh, Doctor, uh, the, the way that the, call and the, way that the tome, otherwise known as Wikipedia, uh, uh, writes this is really weird. Doctor Octopus is regarded as one of Spider-Man's worst enemies, meaning his one of his like best rogues gallery, but the most evil. Um, he has been cited the man Peter Parker might have become if he hadn't been raised with a sense of responsibility. So. There's a lot in his history, so I'm going to gloss through some things, but That's I'm going to okay. focus on the things that, that that made me chuckle the focus most. Focus on the really octopus part. So he was born in Schenectady, New York. Oh! Uh, I'm sorry, where? Schenectady. 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 Yep. 
That's like a fun, that, like fun that movie. It's as fun to say as it is to spell. Like that oh, fun, no. fun romp starring Philip Seymour Hoffman. No, that's a different. Uh, he word. had a turbulent upbringing. His father. It's a different word. His father. What? Get ready for the this name. The name of that movie is synecdote. It's a totally different word. Oh, I thought it was Schenectady. No. Uh, the name of his father, Torbert Octavius, oh. uh, who was a factory worker and was abusive and violent towards both Otto and his mother, Mary Octavius. A young Otto's shyness uh, and good work in school got him labeled as teacher's pet and targeted for bullying. Uh, of course, his dad didn't appreciate this, being that he was like a manly man who worked in the, in the factory. And his mom was like, would defend her and would defend her son and be like, no, he's a gifted thinker and he's going to use his brain and be so smart. And because of this, because of that and like his mother's distaste towards women in manual or men in manual labor, not women, men in manual yeah. labor, uh, he was really good in school. Uh, he got a university scholarship. He's a mama's um, boy, huh? And he, and, and during uh, the freshman year of college, uh, his father's death uh, was due to an industrial accident, which pushed him towards a study and obsession obsession with physical science. Uh, so uh, he found a work in an engineering firm after after college. Um, so uh, he became a nuclear physicist, um, atomic research consultant, inv- inventor, and lecturer. Uh, so he designed the mechanical arms to deal with ro- radioactive materials so he wouldn't have to get in there close. Uh, very smart. Uh, they were resistant to radiation and were capable of great strength and highly precise movement. Uh, and they were attached to a harness, which was affixed to his body. Uh, uh, so um, he also had a relationship with a lady named Mary Alice Anders who befriended him. Um, and Otto impressed her with his demonstration of his harness and the two began courtship. Uh, in due time, oh. Otto proposed marriage to Mary Alice. However... Otto's mother did not approve, believing that no woman was good enough for her son. Uh-oh. To please her, he ended his engagement. Mama's boy. Later, this is the, but here's the kicker. Later, he discovered that his mother had begun dating a librarian. He rebuked her, causing her to have a fatal heart attack <laughs> at the, wow. in the heat of their argument. He, he argued his, his mom, mom to, to death. death. Um, so he split up. He Obviously, his mother died. He lost Mary, the love of his life. And now, what what do you do? Turn to a life of crime. Um, I, I also, mean, okay, question. He he just broke off the engagement. He didn't like kill her or something. No, but she probably probably broke her heart, and he's uh, not gonna be like, "My mom's dead now. I we mean, can be together." But that doesn't like, work. But like, could he at least try before the <laughs> crime? Before on the way to the crime, can he just be like, "Hey, real quick, before I turn to a life of crime." Yeah. Can we just can we give this another go, and then and then if no, then crime. I mean, like it if seems, no, then crime. It seems like like you know you could the work worst a logic gate of all time. Yeah. Uh, so he he actually so some, started a life of crime. crime. Um, he had an accidental radiation leak that ended in an explosion, bonded the arms to him, and either he had a latent mutation or because of the radioactivity, mutated his brain so he controlled the movement of the arms using his thoughts alone. Um, so, uh, the tentacles obviously now have since been surgically removed from his body, but, um, the accident seems to have damaged his brain. Uh, some people say he might have Reed Richards, uh, diagnosed him as mole having multiple personalities. Um, would he have eight personalities? Uh, though, though Dr. Octopus himself is portly in poor physical shape and is nearsighted with his harness attached. He's physically more than a match for Spider-Man. Best part about it. Uh, he actually beat Spider-Man in their first fight uh, by tossing him out of a window. 
uh, of the years. Let's see here. Uh, he, uh, another really important thing about Dr. Octopus, he's one of the founding members, the head founding member, I would argue, of the Sinister Six, oh. uh, the, uh, rogue, the rogues gallery um, of Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man's big thing. rogues. Um, let's see. I'm um, trying to see here because there's a lot of stuff where he like does all this mean stuff to Spider-Man. Uh, let's see. As as a villain would do of a Spider-Man rogue. You know what's yeah, interesting about uh, Doctor Octopus? I think is the fact that his harness only has four arms, and he has two human arms. But he has two legs, which makes him I guess, four limbs. having eight limbs. Four limbs. limbs. Eight limbs. I don't know. I feel like if he, he also if attempted- he's really good with his toes. Yeah, I'll give him that. So there's a lot of stuff. He started a gang <laughs> war with a gang member. Hammerhead is a pretty big villain. Uh, this part was really interesting to me. He attempted to wed Mar- May Parker, so Aunt May, in order to acquire an island with an atomic plant, which she had recently unknowingly inherited. What? Comics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he escaped death when the island was destroyed and began a life as a homeless person, so ties into our previous book. Okay. Um, he battled the <laughs> ghost of Hammerhead. Uh, and he, he won uh, based on an, an alliance with Spider-Man. Um, he attempted to hijack an atomic submarine, uh, tried to poison New York City with printer's ink. Uh, let's see. He successfully deactivated a nuclear reactor in a laboratory before meltdown. Uh, he had multiple personality disorder. Uh, he uh, was able to defeat the X-Men uh, almost until Magneto came. Uh, he also had a fear of spiders. After at one point, he nearly beat Black Cat to death. And then Spider-Man nearly beat him to death. Oh. Like, almost. He's like, I was terrified of spiders for a long time. This guy, Uh, he was dressed like a spider, and he beat me up. He helped helped Spider-Man. He dressed in a red and blue suit (laughs) with lines on it. So now I fear spiders. Uh, He helped (laughs) Spider-Man during the Clone Saga a little bit. Uh, there's a mention of him during Civil War trying to do a, a, signi- uh, a Sinister Six thing. He's always kind of been a, a thorn in Spider-Man's side. He's been a constant villain threat there. But the biggest thing most recently is uh, he act- actually, and I'll, I'll kind of just summarize this quickly, he actually switched bodies with Peter Parker. His consciousness <laughs> became part of Peter Parker's body. And uh, in Amazing Spider-Man number 700, Peter Parker in Doc Ock's body dies. And Doc Ock is now inhabiting Peter Parker, and he becomes the superior Spider-Man. Wow. Uh, and there's a whole—that's a whole nother character compendium that I won't even go into. There's I, I remember when that happened, the internet was so mad. I know uh, they were actually. I really enjoyed the couple issues of the Superior Spider-Man, uh, with the exception of the thing that Mary Jane says to him that Ryan likes to repeat over and over again. Uh, which is the the term crazy town banana pants which <laughs> is an actual line in an actual Spider-Man book. So good. Um, but there's a lot of things about like they fight back and forth. Eventually Peter regains the body back um, and that's kind of it like right now. They've had some other little things that other people have kind of taken over the mantle or like an alternate timelines he's there but there's not much that I can find other than that. But the important big things about Doc Ock is really like for me what the reason I like Doc Ock the best is yeah, he is kind of the antithesis of like really smart guy just like Peter Parker, but he went evil because he had bad stuff happen to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also really like just the visual like fight between those two. Yeah. Like yeah. watching those arms come at Spider-Man as he's swinging around. It's yeah, always yeah. really cool to watch. That's why well, Spider-Man 2 was really neat. Yeah. Because so they he, had him fight yeah, him he's in there. Alfred Molina. Yes. And I always liked that they had like 
Doc Ock is the one guy who's not like a super muscular superhero guy. No, yeah, but he's, he's pudgy, like, like, pudgy boy, like yeah. Chewie and you and me. He's just kind of around, around, around man. But yeah. it, even in all the <laughs> drawings, all he also has the worst bowl cut. Oh of man, oh, yeah, uh, I think astonishing. Uh, I think what you mean, Alan, is the best bowl cut because oh, that is a look, man. That is a it's look. An iconic of, that's bowl a cut. nerd look. Yeah, he's too busy with science to get a haircut. <laughs> he's got to like, do that haircut. Who's got time for that? Um, so his abilities. Uh, so as Dr. Octopus, he's a brilliant engineer and inventor, superb strategist, charismatic leader, genius level intellect, wears super strong and durable mechanical appendages, telepathic control over his mechanical arms. So he's pretty much a mechanical hero for the most part, except for the mutation somehow that he has uh, that he can control those arms. But yeah, I barely skimmed the surface, man. I... Look at all this. Look at all this so character much. history. Wow. He's done a lot of stuff. Uh, so well, he's so, been around since the third issue of Spider-Man. Yeah, he sure has. And he's, he's one of Spider-Man's rogues gallery. And I again, I am shocked that we haven't talked about him yet on the show. So there you go, Doc Ock. Uh, there's, your, there's your dues paid. Uh, you know, it, we always talk about recommended reading. Throw a rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard a lot of people liked the Superior Spider-Man. I did and too. And a lot of other people didn't like it. But I, I enjoyed it. Um, I would say that those are good. Uh, I heard a lot about that arachnophobia storyline, the one where he ends up being afraid of Spider-Man. I've heard good things about um, anything with the Sinister Six. Like He's like a, a tentpole villain in, in Spider-Man's history, and that's why I was shocked that we haven't talked about him. Um, but he's been in multiple cartoons, video games, movies. Um, <laughs> yes. This is a stupid picture of him. I love him what so much. He? I love how dumb oh, yeah. he is. He looks so dumb, but everyone loves him so much. And that's the thing is he doesn't even look like that anymore. In like the later issues, he had like a doctor coat on. Like he looked yeah. different. He didn't I, look like that's that. That's one thing I think is super funny about Spider-Man villains and Batman villains. They're all terrible, but for some reason, they like work. the main hero just makes them glow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like if you take the Joker on his own, it's just yeah. like, this is a really dumb stupid clown. idea. Yeah. Well, no, let's be real. You take the penguin on his own. You're like, this oh, is the stupidest sure. idea. And then you put him next to Batman. You're like, all right, this works somehow. Um, and same I thing, hope he hits some real good. And same thing with Doc Ock. You're like, wow, a guy with dumb robot arms. But when you put a little thin guy swinging around around him and he's trying to grab him, you're like, this is great. I want this is amazing. This. I want more of this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, check out check out any, any Spider-Man media with Doc Ock. He's a, he's a classic villain. I mean, look, there, it, it, nothing else needs to be said. He's, he's Doc Ock. So, um... Yeah, so that's going to wrap us up for the four-color character compendium, and now we move on to Back Matter, uh, the end part of the show, which we read letters from you guys. We talk about comic book news and goings-on uh, and things like that. Kind of a general nice little chat, nerd chat to end the uh, end of the show with. Uh, so uh, I I don't really have too much this week, you guys. I, 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 nerd news has been kind of, so we're kind of in that slump before Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah. Um, the best thing we can hope for is that, uh, you know, uh, very soon we'll be able to see Avengers. Uh, Ryan now is fully prepared to see Avengers. I finally saw Black Panther. He did. Oh boy. I loved it. You guys were right. <laughs> this is, it was just like everybody who saw Thor Ragnarok was like, oh man, Ryan, you're going to like it. Everybody I know who saw Black Panther is like, oh Ryan, yeah, you're going to love it. I and know I, your flavor. Yep. Yep. It's, it's whatever that was. It was amazing. <laughs> um, it was the most emotional I felt in any of the MCU movies. Yeah, hmm. I know you really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, the, all the the parts about family and yeah. and all of that parts of it, like really, just like hit right at the heartstrings. And I think pulling yeah. on them with the claws, the uh, vibrating uh, claws. Yeah. I think it works yeah. really well because it doesn't require you to have seen every Marvel movie. It's a movie that stands. Yeah, alone I I really, do really tend well. to prefer the standalone Marvel movies as opposed to 
Avengers, mm-hmm. you know, season finales. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I loved it. I was really stoked on it. Ryan, I know you weren't at, you weren't at work today. Have you had a chance to watch Lost in Space yet? No. Neither have I. I was yeah. curious. It if- looks cool. I mean, it's, 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 uh, I feel like we've, we've rebooted Lost in Space now yeah. twice. The first time we did it with Extreme 90s Edition. <laughs> so we, we all survived that. And this is the, interstellar edition of lost in space so okay. we'll see how it goes so it's right. a little more what like weird yeah no i mean just like you know the production quality is you know much higher but at the same time it's it's sort of a darker more yeah. personality focused i was intrigued story. when you told me who dr smith was that that made me happy. it's parker posey it's, oh, it's parker nice. posey who i love i love parker, yeah, posey. parker posey's great um i don't know i have a little bit of comics news i retweeted already from the from the the four color twitter mm-hmm. uh sam humphreys announced a book um coming out on image called blackbird he describes it as harry potter meets riverdale oh, okay hmm. all right which nice. like i'm into it and then jen bartell is doing the art and she rules her art is awesome oh, well, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. so it looks like it's gonna be really cool i i can't really get a gist of it from that what oh, yeah there's not what much it's just done? a single um she's done i've just seen a bunch of her fan art let's see what other stuff has she done oh, okay. um she's but done like, a bunch of stuff from marvel a bunch okay. of stuff from image before um she's done stuff but i but i don't have all right no worries. It was just, i don't know, I didn't know if there was like a specific like you would know where her from blank gotcha i i can find that out hmm. cool. um i i t- <laughs> Man, so it's not comics news, uh, but it's related to kind of like comics uh, movies and stuff. So there's this movie um, coming up called Deadpool Two. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's right. comics. I've heard about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did. We last we talked about it. They were doing reshoots. Right, they're doing some yeah. reshoots. For more cable. Um, there's going to be a Deadpool themed pop up bar. That will be open for three days in New York and one in Los Angeles. Um, Just, you know, just ahead of the release of Deadpool 2. And the one in New York is going to serve pizza. And the one in um, L.A. is going to serve chimichanga. Yes. Nice. Um, So in New York, it's going to be at the Alligator Bar in Brooklyn. um, And that's going to be April 26th through 28th. Uh, and that, that'll be from 7 p.m. till 11.30 p.m. Uh, in the L.A. Uh, spot, it's going to be at Slipper Clutch from May 10th through 12th, 7 to 11.30 p.m., where they will serve chimichangas. Nice. So I just I, I figured I'd do my fan service in case you wanted to have your Deadpool themed food. I do. Uh, I want it. I do. Let's uh, do it. Let's I do looked it, it up. Right, Jim Bartel. Wi five. Uh, Jim Bartel has done stuff for Jim. Uh, she did some work on that America book for Faith from Valiant, uh, Slam, which is a boom. Uh, she covers roller for derby. Slam. Yeah, boom yeah. roller derby, roller derby book. Um, she's done some stuff with Lumberjanes, Wicked and Divine. Okay, she's, she's so we've likely seen a lot of oh, stuff yeah, yeah. she's done already. Yeah, Gwenpool. Just scrolling through here, okay. that stuff. Cool. So um, I started watching a new show by accident. And by accident, I mean every once in a while when uh, Jenna and I are like, like I'll be drawing and she'll be painting. And I'm like, well, what do you want to put on the background? And she started watching Lucifer oh, yeah, for like yeah. funsies. So I came home. She's like, yeah, I started watching Lucifer. I'm like three or four episodes in. So do you mind if we just keep watching it? I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Just put it on the background. Mm-hmm. I'm like two and a half seasons in at this oh, point. Wow. 
I think we're just going to finish it outright. Nice. Um, so Lucifer is based off of the Neil Gaiman book, Lucifer. Um, the same Lucifer that we read that made an appearance in Sandman. Uh, they do. So the actor that they got to play Lucifer in this show uh, is a short, black-haired uh, Welsh gentleman. Um, but in the show, they go, aren't you supposed to be blonde at one point? <laughs> because that's an allusion to the Neil Gaiman book. Look, it's okay. Like, it's not the worst show I've ever seen, for sure. Welcome to Arrow and The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, it's like, it's fun. <laughs> it's like the devil this helps the police solve Fox, crimes. Right? No, this is on, uh, uh, WB? It's on CBS. I'm no, watching on, on Hulu. I don't know. Yeah. It's probably, I'm sorry. It's, I think it's on the CW. It's a CW show. Yeah. Um, like, the it's the devil and he helps uh, the police solve for crimes. Sure. So there's also... Like you would do if you were the lord of hell well here's the thing is he leaves hell he doesn't want to have anything to do with it anymore and then they like he's like i'm done with this place i'm gonna go hang out on on earth and party it up and basically just creates a nightclub which is basically just a den of sin that he can hang out in but then um hell doesn't have a ruler anymore so they send uh, uh an angel and then there's a bunch of arcs now that go from like how they play off of each other. Oh, and there's a one lady detective mm-hmm. um, who he works with as because he's obviously a uh, consultant because yeah. he can um, make people tell the truth. Oh, um, and he likes solving crimes because he has a thing for punishing people. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 it's it's very. I feel like a lot of it is very tongue in cheek, but I gotta say, like they know how to end an episode on a good cliffhanger. Oh, right? nice. Like the middle bits are sort of like. Well, you know, it's a good procedural type deal, uh-huh. but then you get like the little bits at the end of each episode and you're like, oh, ah, shoot, not going to watch the next one. I'm like <laughs> waiting for a point where I could just be like, that was dumb enough that We're I can done, walk yeah. away and it hasn't happened yet. I, I, based on, based on your kind of like overarching, like, Hey, this yeah. is kind of my thing and your general like, all right, I'll mm-hmm. keep mm-hmm. watching it. I think you should watch the Constantine live action show. Actually, at this point, I'm thinking about watching that or Preacher at this point because Preacher's on Hulu too. I mean, prioritize Preacher. I was just saying, if you if you like that, like I, I think you'll those things, mm-hmm. but more tuned to your liking. Yeah, I think but it's what it's there's there's definitely a difference between a show like that or maybe like the Constantine show where you can sort of half watch it because it's a procedural mm-hmm. versus something more like Preacher, like Walking Dead, where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I got to pay attention. You really do. This is going to come Yeah, out. you got to You got to see the the glance that that one character gives the other, which, which sets the world on fire. A lot of those shows anymore. I haven't watched The Walking Dead since the first episode of the current season. And it's about to end. It just and there's, ended, there's, there's all <sighs> kinds of people who are yesterday. supposed to have died. Yeah, I got to. I gotta watch that. Um, I, I finished the Punisher. Oh man, so Punisher! Punish, 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 right? cool. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get this thing off my chest about it real quick though. Um, so one of my favorite movies, uh, my favorite movie of all time, Twenty Eight Days Later. Um, are you guys familiar? I know Ian's it's got familiar. zombies in it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, got zombies. Danny, Danny, Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle, who's directing yeah, the, next the next James Bond yeah. movie. Ooh. Looks like I'm gonna start watching. Looks like I'm gonna start watching. You should watch those Daniel Craig ones. You'd enjoy. I should watch them. They're they're fine. He hasn't seen a single one of them. Nope, that's okay. Um, Skyfall's in any case. uh, So the um, uh, there's there's a scene there's a scene in in the Punisher. Things are coming to a climax, and I would say that um, there is uh, musically a lot of similarities to kind of that same type of scene in uh 28 days later like so much so that i was like I'm, i gotta be crazy like this uh, 
this is nuts. Like this, this is like too reminiscent of it. But then I, I'm rationalizing it in my head. I'm like, well, there's only so many chord progressions and you know, whatever, whatever. Stole the um, song. And then, and then something happens like in the actual scene. And I'm like, no, no, this is one of two things happened. Either whoever did this whole scene and everything was like, I really love 28 days later. Let's pay homage to it. Or someone's like, no one will notice if we just rip the scene. Wow. Um, I mean, it was a cool scene and I loved the scene, but very much. Uh, so I, I took to the internet and I'm like, okay, am I the only one that noticed this? And I looked up the, the episode and like, I, I typed like, you know, like music or whatever. And then I saw someone else being like, yeah, this is like exactly the same as that. I'm like, <laughs> in any case, that aside, loved it. Uh, the ending of it was, I think, probably my favorite part because um, it very much wasn't what I was expecting it to be. Um, and I, I think it does open. It, it opens the show up. It opens the character up a ton for anything they want to do it in the future, hmm. more so than any standard way you would typically end a Punisher story would. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it a lot, and I think it, man, it deals with some mental health issues in some very sure <sighs> realistic sure graphic ways. And oh man, it's it's a little bit heavy. It's definitely like no pun intended. Trigger warning. You know, if if you're like, yeah, oh, that was, oh man, there were so many levels to that. (laughs) No pun intended. If you, if you, you know, trigger trigger warning, warning. um, you know, there's a lot of gun violence and, and just kind of weird political stuff in it, but, um, it's good overall. I really, I'm really stoked on it. I was happy with it a lot. Nice. Uh, speaking of Marvel shows, I just finished Jessica Jones season two. Oh, did you? Yeah. It was good. Very different from season one. Okay. Uh, very different issues they're dealing with. Like I just sold somebody who's not a big comic book fan on Jessica Jones because I said it's a the first season at least is a woman dealing with like abuse and like yeah it really but is. She's got super but they got superpowers, and she was like okay I'm kind of interested in that. I'm like yeah it's not like hey it's a dumb person I'm like you like Jessica Jones and she was she was on board. Um, but yeah no season two is good. Very different. Uh, explores a very different facet of the character. Um, ends really nicely is a nice ending to it. Um, yeah. Heard that, uh, Netflix is doing season three. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Of course they are. Yeah. They're not doing uh, a second season of defenders. They're not really. No, apparently they're saying no. Thank you. That's fair. Okay. Um, I mean, we Luke, tried, I yeah. mean, just start having them cross over in each other's shows. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Luke Cage, I think is coming soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm all ready for that now. Uh, I've also been watching a series of unfortunate events. I enjoy those. They're oh, fun. Yeah, we haven't got they're, past the first one yet. They're home. dumb fun. I finished the first three. I think I'm on the ho- the first part of the horrible hospital. Oh, nice. I enjoy I enjoy the vibe of that show, and I enjoy the like light, fun, kind of gothicy kind of. Yeah, the bit. the issue in my household right now is that we enjoy the vibe of that show, but my son doesn't. Yeah, it kind of bums him out. And he's like, Dad, I don't want to watch the show. It makes me sad. I'm like, Okay. That's fair. Like, yeah, that's pretty fair. We, I, I'm not gonna watch force this, to watch and it. then we can watch an hour of Pokemon. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. Make a deal. Start dealing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's starting to. He, they, he's seeing ads for Pokemon Sun and Moon, the TV show now. So he's like, Dad, I don't want to watch that. I'm like, Son, you watched 
two full seasons of. Guess what's gonna happen? He's gonna catch some monsters and they're gonna fight and we're gonna learn lessons. That's yep. what's gonna happen. Friendship. He's six. Friendship. <laughs> this, is, this is exactly. Oh, as I long know. as one He's of the, the friends takes market. all the hits for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. As long as Ash um, doesn't get hurt. Why the last man or grow up has ever. a pilot. Uh, ordered on FX. Ooh, oh, nice. really? Yeah. Is so, uh, I think happened. I read that Seth Rogen is involved. Uh, yeah, I, I might have made that. Have that information. I'm I'll tell you, right it's now, not TJ Miller. Possible. Yeah, he he got oh, jailed. He's in trouble. Yeah, he, he got in trouble. Yeah, did a bad choice. He did. Uh, a bad. Warren Ellis's book Injection with, that he did with Declan Shelby, uh, which is this really weird sort of like. I, I might not say too much about it because I might force you guys to read it really soon. All right. Uh, but he but it's just... it's a weird... It's a Warren Ellis? It's Warren Ellis dealing with uh, sort of metafiction and folklore in the 21st century. But um, it just got optioned right. by Universal. Right. Uh So getting that, getting, that, getting that money, Warren. <laughs> you and your pal Declan, get, you know... Going from the think go cloud make some more comics. to the money cloud. What other uh, cool news have we got, you guys? Uh, did you guys see that tweet? I tweeted it. I retweeted it from the from the show. It was the Avengers '90s edition. Click no, that I did link. Not. Click that link in the note, Alan. You have to stop drawing and go click the note. Uh, somebody somebody made this hilarious graphic, and it's just uh, oh man, what if, what yes. if they made the Avengers in the '90s? Uh, oh yeah, no, yeah. I've seen this. Oh, speaking of the Avengers, one other no, Doc Ock fact: he got really sick at one point, like really really sick, and was like looking to get healed, and he like called on Iron Man to be like. Please, like, help me. And Iron Man was like, all right, I'll get all the best minds in the Marvel Universe together to help you. But this guy is so proud of how smart he is. He's like, no, I just wanted to, to ask you for help to, so, you, so I could prove that you couldn't do it. You're dumb. I'm Doc Ock. Bye. What an idiot. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh, man, just the casting of this. Brad Pitt is at Captain America. John Stamos is Winter Soldier. Rocket Raccoon is Joe Pesci. That's oh, great. Yeah. Oh, didn't man. they actually want Tom Cruise for Iron Man? Yeah, they I think did. they did. They did, yes. Leonardo DiCaprio, young Leo as Spider-Man. Oh, I, feel, man. I feel like Brendan Ke- Fraser as Star-Lord is probably a bit... No, no. It's so perfect. Really? No, that's yeah, right. Yeah, because he, was, he, yes, was, he was the closest thing we had to Indiana Jones in, in the late 90s. Yes, I right. hate to say yeah. this, but he was the Chris Pratt of his time. He was, absolutely. Keanu Reeves as Doctor Strange oh, is a thing so... that I am now forever bummed Keith that David is actually Nick happen. Fury? Yeah. Oh, man, this is incredible. Gary Oldman as Loki? Yes. Ron Perlman as Thanos? Matthew Broderick as Ant-Man? Oh, man, this, this is great. This is great. I really like uh, Gamora as Halle Berry and Nebula's Demi Moore. That mm-hmm. would have been Thor as Dolph Lundgren, Hulk as David. Duch- yes, yep. This is this all works. Oh, as Hulk as David Duchovny. Yes. That's incredible. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, Schwarzenegger as Drax. Oh man, one of the writers, <laughs> Mantis. This is great. My arms are incredibly long. I guess I get Denzel Washington as Black Panther, but also I feel like you could substitute that with Wesley Snipes. Nah, yeah. no, I you mean, couldn't. Nah. No, Denzel. Wesley Snipes though would be a perfect Killmonger. Yes. Okay. There if, you go. If Denzel yeah, yeah, yeah. was Black Panther, I, was yeah. I think you'd be a Nick Cage, or a Nick Cage. Oh my! Wow. wow. A Nick Fury. Really? Yeah. Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Wesley Snipes nah, yeah. had that. Had He's that intense. Like, sort He's of like Keith intense. David. That, no, Keith David is is as, a solid choice. I'm not oh, saying man, he's not. I'm just oh. saying if we're what gonna throw I, Wesley Snipes in there. One of my things about watching <laughs> the like Blade crossover children's cartoons is that every so often Keith David's voice just pops up. It's just like, oh yeah. That's that's what we needed right now. It's yeah. perfect. Like he he has like maybe four lines in all of the movie Coraline because he's the cat, and it's it's just it's that's just why Princess and the Frog so is good. so good. That's why that song is so good. That's the best part of that movie. Oh yeah, 
I got friends on the other side. Could you imagine a black widow with an actual accent? <laughs> yeah, right. That would have been nice. Um, what else there's, is going there's on? There's something about the Christian Slater Hawkeye that I'm not buying. No, I yeah, feel like there's it works someone perfectly because Hawkeye kind of. <sighs> Honestly, maybe yeah, Christian Slater. Christian Slater is Loki. Maybe if they Everyone, went, if they went ooh, more like yeah, all right. sinister no, with like it. That. But I, Gary Oldman as Loki is so good. Everyone, Gary, I, Gary Oldman can play everybody on yeah. this list. I agree with every one of these castings. Even though I'm not a big fan of Dolph Lundgren, like him as Thor, nah, I buy it. I nah. buy it. I buy it. I buy it. It's too skinny. Yeah, agreed. Bulk him up. All right. Anyway, I just really he's too skinny. Yeah, the man who almost punched Rocky to death. He he didn't too skinny. He didn't he didn't bulk up enough for uh, Masters of the Universe. God, Iron Man is Tom Cruise. He he bulked up enough for Rocky when they injected him with chemicals to make favorite part of to make him strong. Is that his girlfriend for a while was Grace Jones? Um, There was also, by the way, a fan made video game called like was it? They put like Bridget Nielsen as oh. But that would be more 80s. It's called like, there's a fan made video game called like, it's a beat em up game called like Ivan Drago Russian Crusader. (laughs) And he's like, I have, and like, it's a Khrushchev like freezes him. And he's like, we've frozen you. And now we're thawed you out. Now you can go defeat Rocky Balboa. And the like, last boss is Rocky. And he's like an old man in a wheelchair. That's great. It's great. (laughs) It's exactly, it's great. I think he has to fight the ghost of Mickey too. Oh. Uh, speaking of the ghost of Mickey, there's a new Han Solo movie coming yes. out. <laughs> speaking of ghosts and Disney. Yeah, yes, I'll skim about, past that. What okay. about the Han Solo movie? Boy, it, it's still happening. Yep. yep. It's a thing for real now. I, you know I'm what? I'll give, it. Sh- I'll give it a shot. I'm it's going to get my, it. Star, it's gonna get my money. Why Why is it? Ru- okay. Like, what is it about this movie that's coming out that everyone's like, ugh? I'm going to tell you two things. First thing. The guy that they picked to play um, Han Solo is, apparently is not an awesome actor and doesn't successfully pull off the, the, at least in the clips that I've seen and from what I've heard, he needed a lot of coaching to be able to approach a Harrison Ford. Uh, the second thing is that they, they took two action comedy directors who were the guys who signed on, mm-hmm. Lord and Miller, and then fired them and, placed, and replaced them with Ron... What's his last name? I just lost it. Howard? Howard? Yeah, thank you. With Ron Howard, who is not exactly known for making fun comedy action movies. No. Ever. Okay. Uh, and so... Backdraft, Apollo 13, hilarious romps. So so he's like... He's they got the guys who made, who made 21 and 22 Jump Street and the Lego movie mm. and then fired them and replaced them with the guy who made... Apollo 13. <laughs> it's so, a weird choice. It's, I, it is I'm, a weird I'm choice. More worried He's definitely about the, a bankable director. I'm more who, worried about the tonal offness because of that. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll to be honest, all the trailers I've seen look interesting. They look interesting. I like that. There's good bits, little tidbits. I'm, I'm going to give a it a heist movie. Yeah. I'm going to give Yeah, which it's I'm got, glad. It's got Donald yeah. Glover in it. I love Donald Glover. I like got, the idea of a Khaleesi Star Wars heist it. movie. She's great. Star Wars heist movie is a cool idea. It's got idea. Woody Harrelson in it. Yeah, I'd love Woody to see Harrelson Woody Harrelson in a Star Wars movie. That Perfect. seems like a win. He's playing Woody Harrelson. That's yeah. a yeah. slightly sketchy guy who you can't why say no to. Why yeah. don't you try to get on the train? Yeah. Just like that. That's it. That's like, Woody right. Harrelson. Just kind of so like... It's, it's, it's probably one of leaves. the better parts of those Hunger Games it's movies. Just, it's just like... the the Also, the they waited really late to bring a trailer out, which usually yeah. means like they didn't have a solid idea of the plot until really also, late. Also, Ryan and I have also heard, I think you and I have heard the same thing, which is that if this movie flops, they can treat it as a wash. Like, mm-hmm. if Disney doesn't make their money back, yeah. oh well. They'll mm. make money on and it. And so, like, if yeah. that's the thought that they're, like, prepared to lose money on it, they're like... Ooh. I don't know, man. I'm ready for my 
Well, it's not even going to be the first bad Star Wars movie. There's I been mean, plenty like, of bad Star like Wars movies. the same movies. could be more said about... More bad Star Wars movies. Well, no, no, at this point. Now there's more, more good, more good Star Wars ones, movies but... I mean, The same could be said about certain, like, I think Marvel movies where they're, like, making it. And it's then it's like, oh, February no, release date. To be fair, I was really worried about Ant-Man. Yeah. Because they had fired Edgar Wright. And they yeah. hired somebody else. And they did it really late in the game. It took them a long time to get it. And I was really worried about that movie going in. I was like, oh, this movie could suck. Yeah. And it didn't. And so I'm hoping that this one doesn't. Me too. But I am not holding my breath on it. Yeah, me too. Um, so uh, they're making that Avengers movie that comes out. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, speaking of Marvel. Every, uh, every character gets two minutes. Is what oh, man. Yeah, seriously. <sighs> Hawkeye's in be... it, I guess. They keep saying he's in it. <sighs> okay. He's on the set. He's just not on the poster. I think they're going to take Captain America out of rotation and they will put Bucky in instead. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Uh, do you think, I mean, that maybe, maybe they kill Hawkeye. Hmm? Maybe. No, maybe I he's think one he would, of the guys who I dies. think Hawkeye fakes his death. Hawkeye would be the saddest kill because he's the only one of every Marvel hero who has kids. Yeah. <laughs> It's true though, but so but that would, would give everyone him. like the more reason for like well sure, now yeah, we if they fridged him if they yeah. fridged him then they really got to fight the bad guy yeah he's not just gonna destroy I mean, the earth as we know it that we but know also of. he killed that one guy yeah he I mean, killed that one guy we like yeah. I mean we like that we know of yeah Tony Stark was a wild young man it's <laughs> <laughs> true he might have some none, some little, none, little no none canonical <laughs> yet in the movie universe yeah um. Yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, no, they're, they're, gonna take, they're gonna take Cap no, out of rotation. Had, had. <laughs> he, he focus had. Uh, yeah. They're gonna take uh, Cap out of rotation. They're gonna yeah. put Bucky in as Cap, I think, and yeah. then you'll. I mean, Tony. I, I think Iron Man Tony Stark is gonna be out of rotation in terms of the fighting roster. Um, he'll be behind the scenes for a little bit, but I mean, come on, you got like Hank Pym there. You got, I think it would be really fun. I doubt that they do it, but I think it'd be really fun if they did what happened to Tony Stark relatively recently in the Marvel universe where he actually died, but his consciousness still inhabited his computer system. Yeah. And so you still had Tony Stark. Yeah. So you could still have Robert Downey Jr. in a voiceover role. Yeah. Or like a weird CG motion capture no no just have it just have him as a voiceover role as the new jarvis yeah and just have him read the dictionary record it and then piece together his lines <laughs> perfect i mean they did it with uh with roger ebert's voice after he couldn't talk anymore they that's could do true it. They i mean they already either. found they already found his replacement in uh <laughs> tom holland <laughs> being like, spider-man because yeah. essentially i think what they're gonna do is they're just gonna take spider-man and they shift him the into iron the iron spider. man yeah <laughs> We'll just shift him into the tech guy role. Well, no, no, because they've got and they've got the, the they got Hank Pym. They got Hank Pym. They got the tech sister from Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. yeah she she could fit into the. They're that just going to spread his consciousness into multiple people, Perfect. multiple sassy people. Uh, so I went to a comic con this weekend. You did. Sorry, uh, sort of. Yeah, sort of. It was at tell the, us how that went. It's at the Mission Viejo Library, which mm-hmm. is right. a small public library in. The suburbs of Southern California. I heard there was a Wolfman there. There was Marv Wolfman. Oh, the the f- one of the first credited oh. writers on a comic because they wanted to say a story <laughs> from a Wolfman, Wolfman without breaking the comics code, which it's required true. they not talk about Wolfman. Wolfman. Um, uh, so he was there. We said hi. The kids. I was like, hey, this is the guy who came up with the Teen Titans. My kids were like, okay, Dad, I want a hot dog. Yep. And, <laughs> and um, it was great. It was very small uh, and outside on a eighty degree. Summer, not summer, spring. Spring. Uh, so it was it a little hot. warm. It got hot. Uh, a lot of kids' crafts. It was very, very, very kids-focused. Uh, There's a lot of stormtrooper types there, and cosplay was not... It was definitely like the first year of a tiny con running out of a library. Yeah. Um, How'd it go, though? 
was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I went there with three kids, one of whom needed a nap, so it was not my favorite con experience. Yeah, one of them needs um, a nap. But, but I needed a nap real bad, so um, that was a joke. The baby needed a nap. Yeah. She was fussy about it. Um, but it's cool. I look forward to to hopefully they're continu- they're going to continue to do it. I mean, we saw Mission Viejo Library at yeah. San Diego Comic Con a couple Seems years like ago. Seems like they they got some they, plans. They got somebody, uh, they some got somebody there who likes there. the who likes the comics. There's not a besides WonderCon. There's not really a Southern California con that's you know down yeah, was, in South County. So it would be neat if they if they keep that going and it becomes a little bit bigger of a thing. I was talking with uh, with our buddy Jacob and he was giving me a little insight that I, I guess he, he was talking with Marv a little bit. And, oh, nice. Um, you know, it, I guess like uh, it, he, you know, he was saying that like the Mission Viejo Library has like three graphic novel sections. Yeah, and, no, like, they've got a great it, library. They've got a lot of comics see, It seems like they maybe recently, like in the last five years or so, got some people in or a person in who's like, man, comics. We no, I mean, like this is important. We got to do it. And hence we get, you know, stuff like this, which I think is really cool. When I was in high school and early college, that was the only place that I got comics was mm-hmm. I read all of House of M that way. Nice. Um, which I was like, oh, well, when is it going to end? When's the, when's the end of the story? It's like, oh, no, read these next 17 trade paperbacks and you'll get close. And I was like, yeah. oh, is that how they do it? That was my first oh, introduction to that, to the, to the crossover tie-ins. Yeah. I was like, I just want the whole story. And it's like, okay, well. Uh, no, luck. yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> that's not um, how it works. But yeah, no, it Ian. was, it was good. It would be cool. Um, I hope that they, I hope they keep doing it. I'll, we'll keep going. Um, I hope that also they make it easier to figure out how to get a booth if you want one, because maybe the super be four cool. color action comedy. Us guys, will do a booth. <laughs> I forgot the names of all of our podcasts. Yeah, we can talk about comics where where dudes hang dung, according to Chewie. <laughs> Very family friendly. Wonderful. No, that sounds really fun though. I, I'm I'm I. I, I it, it also reminded me of why I like two day comic cons that I can bring my kids one day and then not bring my kids the other day. Yeah. That way I can like actually do things at the comic con other than like try to make my kids happy. Yeah. Make sure that they have enough food in their bodies. Right. Cool. All right. Well. That is going to wrap us up for this issue of Four Color Commentary. That is it. But before we go, we want to give you a preview of the books we'll be reading next time. Ryan, I believe you are bringing a First Prince next time. What are we doing for that? Um, yeah, so I was looking around and thinking, and now I suddenly uh, am torn between one of two books to bring. Mm. Um, so do you guys want... No, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna do this. Um, so I'm bringing Warren Ellis's Injection. <laughs> All right, uh, Injection good. Volume One. Um, Inject me. <laughs> uh, I read it a while ago after, and and it's funny. This is one of the ones that that as soon as um, as soon as this book came out, I read the first issue and I was kind of like, oh, okay, that's fine. Uh, and then when the trade came out, I read the trade and I was like, oh wow, that was amazing. And so it's one of those that I that. It, I've been wanting to bring the show for a long time, but I realized I can't just bring the first issue because the first issue, while fine on its own, doesn't get to the stuff that I really like. Uh, so I'm excited to have us read the first trade. Cool. Uh, so yeah. I'm stoked to Injection check it out. volume one. All right. What's everybody bringing for uh, Here's My Issue? Alan? Um, so for me, it's manga time. Hey. Woo! I'm not going to do the song now. Um, that's not up to you. Okay. That's fair. Go for it. What time is it? It's no, no. I was hoping. Never mind. I thought it was that we just be looking at each other and go. It's manga time. time.
Okay. It's manga time. <laughs> oh, I see what's happening. Because they're cutting me out. Okay. No, uh, you, you, you quit the band. You quit the band, mister. Um, so Hope I'm going to bring was a book it. that I've been wanting to read for a while. Um, <laughs> it's not uh, it's not on the Shonen Jump website, so we'll have to find it a different way. But it's a we're just going to continue the D&D spree because eventually I'll run D&D out. D&D spree. Um, and this one's a More manga. Candy. This manga, this manga is about dungeon crawling Ooh. for food. What? I like food. It's called Delicious in Dungeon, and it's All about right. like a D&D sort of raid party where you dive into dungeons to find delicious ingredients to make really good food. Nice. I'm, I'm into that. I'm into that. Um, All right. I'm going to bring a book uh, out on Boom Studios. Uh, it's called Irredeemable. And it is issue number one uh, by Mark Wade and art by Peter Krause. Um, yeah, it's I, I don't I'm not even gonna give you the elevator pitch because I just think it'll it'll be cooler to just read it that way. But yeah, irredeemable number one. Cool. Uh, so it's Marvel time in my rotation. Uh, so I'm gonna make mine Marvel by reading a book uh, written by a writer slash artist that we really enjoy. Uh, it's been a while. I've been wanting to bring this one. Uh, I haven't read it yet personally, but I'm going to check it out. Um, I'm going to bring Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man number one, uh, written by a good old friend, Chip Zdarsky. Oh, oh wow. Uh, with art by he Adam He finally Kuber. got his wish. Yep, he did. And uh, I was scrolling through the first few pages, and it looks pretty good. Uh, it looks pretty funny. So, uh, yeah. Jughead, the Spider-Man. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, Peter Spider, Parker, the, the Spectacular Spider-Man number one from 2017. All right, I'm all thrown off. I had a book picked, and... It was a Marvel book, so I'm was gonna it that go back one? to the drawing was board. Was it that one? You what? can bring another Marvel book. Let's do it. Go for it. All right. Yeah, let's yeah, make twice Marvels. Sure. Uh, so I am bringing uh, something that I've been thinking about since the last time we read a Marvel book that Alan cool. brought, uh, and uh, we were all confused about the Sentry. Mm-hmm. So I'm oh, bringing yeah. Age of Sentry number yeah. one, yes. <laughs> okay. uh, written by Jeff Parker and oh. Paul Tobin and drawn by Nick Dragota. Nice. All right. Uh, so it's, Sounds good. it's about 10 years old, awesome. but it's sort of a weird anthology unto itself of the fictional backstory of this fictional, Down. fictional character. This book came out when your daughter was an infant. I remember purchasing it. I, t- I told I told you when I own it we physically. Read uh, when we read the other book. I was like, man, what is it? and you told me about this book, and I was like, you need to bring that. All right, so I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it. <laughs> Wishes do come true. All right, guys. Well, thank you, Elf, so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening every couple weeks, and we want to invite you back next time. The only podcast that's filled, filthy, filled, and filled to the brim <laughs> with hobos. <laughs> I don't even. I don't have an outro. What's your hobo name? What's your hobo name? Uh, oh, there we go. Um, my name is. No, no, he can't give himself himself a hobo name. Oh. We have to give it to him. He's Drawn Allen. <laughs> drawn Slim. No, I just be... said it. It's Drawn Allen. Draw, I'm Drawn Allen. <laughs> I think no, Chewy. I need a name. You got a name. Chewy, me Chewy, now. Yeah. Metal Chewy. I'm I'm Metal Chewy. Toss tossing it over here over to. To pondering in. <laughs> He's always pondering that one. He's pondering a lot. <laughs> one for Ryan. You gotta come up with one. Um. Oh, oh all right. Come on, dude. And you got it. I'm a Jimmy Crack Corn, and I don't care. But you know who does? Do good, Dad. Ryan over here. Good <laughs> Dad. <laughs> That's me. Stadium into everybody. Bye. Deputy Dowell.
This has been a production of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Exclusively at stuffandthingsnetwork.com.